Hey everybody, this is A7X Fan Ben here with God Mason, and this is episode number 22 of the Pirate CSG podcast. Tonight we're, really talk- Tonight we're going to be talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean set. This was something WizKids collaborated with Disney on, um, and they made a set together, although um, it seems like WizKids mostly made it, but they did. They were able to use the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff in the set, which is really cool. I know a lot of people don't like it because it's kind of it mixes like universes or whatever. But to me, I think it's okay, mostly because the theme is perfect. So, and WizKids was already trying to go there with James Jones' Curse, Ocean's Edge, and even from Spanish Main, like Captain Jack Hawkins is basically Captain Jack Sparrow, um, but a little bit different. So, I think it's a pretty cool set. But I know you're not the biggest fan of it for the concept, at least. Yeah, I like to keep for the most part, uh, my peas and potatoes separate on the plate. Um, I like them both, but mm, together, not necessarily. I, at the same time, I don't really object to this set because there are a lot of really good pieces. Uh, there are some really good introductions to this set and abilities. One unit type and the new card punch style. For those of you out there who don't have any, well, any ships really from this set or later, and that would be any of the Cursed Seas set that came after this, they debuted a new punch style where all the tabs, where you slot the hull into the deck plate and the mass and all that, they're rounded off instead of squared, making assembly much easier. Yeah. This is also um, the only set not to feature the Spanish at all, which is yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, and kind of a shame, because that makes me wish that they'd saved this until uh, that other film came out. Yeah, the fourth um, one, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, fourth, or even the fifth, who knows? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> even though yeah. that came out last year. Yeah, with the, uh, with the changing uh, card design, I think it was kind of good and not perfect, like... I don't know. I like the old school design where there's gaps between the sails and the spars or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They are easier to put together. I do like how they rounded the edges. That makes the masts and uh, different like pieces of the hull easier to fit together into the slots. But I also don't like how they did away with the pennant flags because I think those on the main mast of square rigged ships can really um, make the game look better, in my opinion. Make the ships look cooler. And then... uh, the set also introduced a new uh, ship type, which we're going to see later. Might as well save it um, for the end, but Krakens were introduced in the set. Well, or Krakens. Yeah, of course. <laughs> or Krakens. Yeah. We'll maybe argue about that later. Depends on how much I drink. Yeah, yeah. if I can pretend to be Pintel or Brigetti, <laughs> we could uh, reenact the scene. But, oh, God, yeah. put on accents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All, All right. right. Yeah, I think we're ready to go. And uh, you'll notice very early on that this set only had the pirates and the English, which was one of the one of the main features of it. But a lot of people, including myself, think that the curse should have been involved. I think D.B. Jones and all of them could have been cursed very easily because they should be separate from, uh, you know, Will Turner and Barbosa and the more normal pirates. I mean, Barbosa is cursed a bit, but he shouldn't really be part of the cursed faction for the most part. Um, but yeah, I thought it was little off, but two factions, it did allow both factions to get a lot of good pieces, which you could make a pretty good case that it makes the pirate, this set, 
makes the gives the pirates in English a bit of an edge overall compared to most of the other factions. So. That's a really interesting suggestion, to be honest, and that would have also tooled up the cursed with some really good ships and crew that they're kind of in desperate need of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would really help them out too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually curious um, if anybody has like house rules that allow them to be using yeah. cursed ships. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, somebody I, in the survey talked about how they've done that, and I actually made a thread. I think so, anyway. Made making. Uh, different versions of the of the crew and people have talked about on the forum for years about how um even some like mistress ching could be part of the jade rebellion so they really could have diversified the factions a lot but they kept it the two so it's too bad i mean a lot of the new like pirate lords introduced in the third film had that sort of they had the feel like they were meant to represent a lot of the same factions that appeared in the game and of course they're they're meant to represent you know uh sort of i'm not gonna say pirating communities but um i guess the pirates that existed around the world in different forms throughout history and it just so happens the game and the films kind of took that into stride yeah yeah it coincides yeah. pretty well so in yeah a, in a lot of ways this is kind of like the perfect collaboration um but I, they kind of missed the they kind of missed the ball a little bit here so they could have done it a bit better and uh two other things i forgot about um, both to do with the rarities. First of all, this was the first set. They started this with with this set when they changed the ship designs and uh, eventually soon after rebranded it to Cursed Seas. But the rarities are not based on faction now, um, or the numbering is not based on faction, it's based on rarities. So you'll see all the rares stacked um, at the front of the set, at least for the ships and crew. And then... Uh, and then they put the other rarities after that. So I like it. Once again, I like the older style better. I think it's better grouped by faction, but oh well. Yeah. Then, uh, All right. Should we start in on the ships now? Yeah. Just and the other flaw. <laughs> there's so yeah. many, all these flaws. As good as the set is, um, there's all these collation issues people talked about. So like one booster box would have packs full of commons, and then another one would be all rares. And apparently there were even some like quote-unquote god boxes with all super rare packs in them so they really messed up um in that regard too and i know wolf has talked about how the set was delayed um for like maybe multiple months or something so as good as the set is there were a lot of issues and a lot of things they could have done better but yeah let's get oh, into the pieces so well, actually, uh, i'd like to mention real quick yeah. uh, this was i think the only set that had more than two styles of pack art because Davy Jones yeah. had its original run, and then its, <clears throat> I guess you wouldn't call it its unlimited, but it had a second run. Yeah. It was better printing quality and different pack art. This had characters from the films on the front of the packs. You could get some with Jack Sparrow, Elizabeth Turner, uh, I think Will Turner as well. Yeah, Davy Jones. Uh, yeah. yeah. There were at least four pack art variations. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were all the same in each booster box or if they were varied or, or what was up. Yeah. I think it was varied, I, I believe. But, yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of interesting things about this set. Be very mm -hmm. unique overall, especially with the two factions. So We'll probably uh, forget something. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it with the first ship here. Number 001 is the Flying Dutchman, which is a pirate ship. Spooky. Um, it's a rare five-masted ship it's 20 points l move all five cannons are 3s and it's got three abilities it's got eternal ghost ship and 
to mask her ability, which is if this ship succeeds at boarding party, she can eliminate all of the other ship's crew. So this is a, a solid pirate flagship. Um, she could really use a world hater to make the cannons all to us. Um, I've used this ship kind of as like an intimidation factor and kind of a, fa a flagship in bigger games. The pirates do have a lot of great named crew that can take advantage of stuff like this, like oarsmen to help with eternal, uh, plus one to boarding rolls. They have gold capture crew. You could try um, just make it a boarding monster, basically, and, and go to town. So this one's pretty fun to use, but you, need, you really need, like, over 30 points to optimize it. So I would recommend using her in, you know, 60 or more point game. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is one of the only, if not the only, five master in the game ever released that had the eternal keyword native to it. Yeah, that sounds right. And um, let's see. What this reminds me of, though, is I think the deliverance it was mm -hmm. from Crimson Coast, which is, you know, SL move and all three rank guns. And it was, I think, also had Ghost Ship. Yeah. But it had some L range guns and it was a couple points cheaper. Yeah. So this is like, uh, I guess, a bit more of a dreadnought like yeah, exactly. version of that. Much yeah. slower, a bit more expensive, worse guns, but. Mm, more conducive to boarding. Yeah. Yeah, I think your appraisal's right. It's it's an well, she's an expensive enough ship that she's not really something you can use to her potential in a forty point game. Uh -huh. yeah. Much all right, okay, no no, we're not to Endeavor yet, but we are to HMS Dauntless, which was I think it's kinda of funny that they made Dauntless a wait, no, I'm thinking the Interceptor, oh Lord. I'm getting really confused. Yeah. HMS Dauntless is the first English ship of the set. She's a five master, 16 points, five cargo, L move. The guns are 3S on the ends and all 2L in the middle. Her ability is this ship ignores the first hit she takes each turn as long as she has all of her masts. Is she basically a better version of HMS Lord Algena because she's faster? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, speed is usually more, more worthwhile than the slight decrease in firepower, and she's also got two more cargo, so yeah, better ship overall. Yeah, more easily crewed up. Um, I'm pretty sure the Algen is 15 points, yeah. so there's a little more you can do with this ship, never mind the larger cargo capacity. It's got a slightly higher point limit, mm -hmm. so, and it's faster, which is really significant with oh, yeah. ships of this size. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is HMS Endeavor, number 03, <laughs> which is an English five master as well. This one is 21 points, four cargo, L move, all five cannons are 2L, and the ability is the ship eliminates two masts with one hit. So that's just about the best offensive ability in the game, um, bar none. And it makes the Endeavor pretty much the best gunship in all of the game, along with El Corzado and the original Constitution from Revolution. So those three are pretty much the best 1v1 gunships in the game. Um, some others can be a little bit more effective at, you know, 40 points, but in terms of pure pure gunnery, those three are pretty much the top. And uh, this ship matched up against the Corazado series I played a while back, and uh, I think the Endeavor won 10 games against a 9 for the Corazado, but the Corazado didn't have the best crew setup in a few of the games, so it's very close. Uh, but overall, um, it's probably the mightiest warship outside of Ten Masters. And even then, 
if you use a world hater and get these cannons to one L, you could you could theoretically dismast a ten master with one shoot action. So that's really impressive. Um, I will say the flaws they made, I think, in this case are actually mostly just artwork based because you can see the endeavor from uh, Everworld's End is a classic um, a classic three decker from the Royal Navy, and in this case, she's only got one gun deck, and the sails are the sails look like they could be on. Uh, a cursed ship, where yeah. it should be, yeah, it should be a, a very clean, nice-looking Royal Navy ship, and uh, it's a little weird with the sizes. The Dauntless is a 50 cannon ship, and then the Endeavor is 100, but they're the same size. So, but the firepower kind of bears out the difference at least. So, one of my favorite ships in the game, really, especially because the English are my favorite, of course. Yeah, I think it it's probably worthwhile to go back to the film and check what the Endeavor looked like in the films yeah. to see how the masts differ. Yeah, I wonder it's a lot if, different. Yeah, the hull is yeah. totally different too. So it should be the classic Nelson uh, checker on the sides, but oh well. Yeah, as far as the game piece goes, I think you summed it up pretty well. This has, it does have firepower that rivals a ten master, but it's cheaper than any of the ten masters, even the Zeus, if not by much. The small hold means it's maybe kind of tricky to figure out how to best crew it up but the English are not short for great options and they even in this set have some really fitting really fitting named crew um, and like like the Flying Dutchman above this is expensive enough that used to its potential bigger games yep. so into Grand Barnacle is kind of a funny ship because it's one of the cheapest five masters ever released i think it's among like the five cheapest yeah, i'm not sure uh it's it's the same price as roanoke uh which is a brilliant ship so this has got some uh well <laughs> okay funny enough it's a five master that's 13 points so it's already kind of direct competition to roanoke but yes. roanoke has a funny thing going where um it's an American ship that accepts pirate crew. This is a pirate ship that accepts crew of any nationality. That's its ability. Um, it has slightly less cargo than Roanoke at five. It moves faster with S plus S. Its guns are all S range uh, with four at the end, three in the middle. Roanoke gets L's in the middle. So it's kind of weird. This is sort of an alt version of it. And the ship is, despite kind of, despite slightly different stats, I think it's probably still comparable. Yeah. Yeah, it's and a pretty the, solid ship overall. Yeah. And this is, it's kind of sad, but this actually looks more like the Endeavor from the movie than the than WizKids version does. So, oh well. It's Maybe like they, they printed the, the wrong artwork? I know, yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, that's a believable error, maybe. Weird. Um, but yeah, the Grand Barnacle is solid. I'd say the speed and cargo are the biggest assets. Um, the ability is definitely nice. Helps with some flexibility. Pirates already have the best name crew, so you don't you don't want to you don't always need it. But and Xerix has a, a UPS style fleet, um, which is like universal pirate shipping. One of the better fleets using uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, which we'll see later. And uh, he has an interesting crew setup on this. So I think it's a pretty good ship, but it kind of kind of pales in comparison to some of the great pirate pirate five masters, which they have plenty of. So. <clears throat> The next one is the Jolly Mon, which mm. is a pirate one master. So now we're into the rare ones. Um, one point, um, the only ship in the game with that point cost. Uh, one cargo, SS move, 4S cannon. And the ship's base move becomes S when she reaches her cargo limit. 
as soon as you put anything aboard that takes up cargo space, um, uh, she's going to slow down. So this thing is not useless, though. Um, I would say a super cheap flotilla tug is kind of a not-so-great but okay use for her. Um, she can't really run gold because she's going to be caught or sunk or boarded or whatever. Um, but the most common usage is with um, the 0LR Ransom plus 5 to build total crew. Um, such as the Hag of Tortuga or Cannonball Gallows from Mysterious Islands, put one of them aboard the Jolly Mon and just leave the Jolly Mon at home, and you basically have four free points to add to your fleet, which not only demonstrates the problem with the plus five crew, they kind of they messed the game up a little bit and kind of made it unbalanced between the factions, but also kind of shows how the Jolly Mon can be broken pretty easily. So, not a great addition. but And uh, thematically, this is actually Jack's like, little sloop he sails in on at the beginning of Curse of the Black Pearl, which I didn't know until a little while after. Yeah. Statistically, this is an awful ship, but by virtue of being the single cheapest one ever released, it has value, even if it's limited. I don't know if I'll ever, like, ban this uh, among my playgroup. I guess I'll find out (laughs) when I resume playing, because I've just been busy with Semester and haven't played a game in months, but... But yeah, Jolly Mon, ban or not, dunno, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Banshee's Cry is on the ban list, so. Nice. Yep. Um, speaking of ban, we've got the Banacle, which is technically <laughs> pronounced the Barnacle. It's a 12.1 masted sloop, which is sort of a disaster in the opposite direction. It has LS move for cargo, 3 L gun, and L range cannons can't hit this ship. Okay, decent ability. Good move, good cargo, solid gun, but it's still a one-masted ship. This yeah. is worth at most six points, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, yeah. I think it's okay as a gold runner kind of within the set alone, but when you look at other ships like the Bloody Jewel or obviously the Cry, um, it really pales in comparison. I, it does have almost everything going for it. The cost is really the only thing holding her back, but obviously that's uh, quite a big detriment. So I still like the ship overall, though. It's not not a bad option. You don't have much else. Um, and next, uh, we're going to go on an adventure, such as HMS Adventure. Ooh, which is a ship, way. Yeah, which is a ship I actually just got in a trade um, like a week ago or so. And this is an English One Master, seven points, three cargo, L move, three S cannon, and crew of any nationality can use their abilities on this ship. Uh, this one I just got. I don't think I've used her yet. Uh, it just doesn't have a lot going for it. Um, my my meme is that Calypso could be used on, with the English on this ship. Um, but other than that, I don't really see much use. So she can't really do anything super effectively. So probably not gonna probably not gonna see the light of day often at all. Yeah, the problem is that it's a statistically dead average ship, except for its point cost, which is a little high considering its lack of capabilities. Yeah. Um, that ability is useful. It's most useful when the attributes of the ship are well-rounded, maybe a little bit underpriced. But in this case, they're a bit expensive, and having international crew doesn't really add any value because it doesn't have any strengths worth augmenting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's it's like it's trespassing on the uh, on the territory of usability, which is kind of funny because uh, Rafia is HMS Tripassi. <laughs> I I tried that that wasn't great. 
it doesn't matter. HMS Trapassi or Trapassi. Um, wait, my dad knows a lot about English pronunciation. Should I, uh, should I, uh, call him? Dad? Phone a friend. <laughs> yeah, phone a friend. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Come down and have a look at my screen. We're arguing. I say uh, It's English, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that would be. You know, I, I guess trepacy, but it could be it could come from any kind of origin. You know, it's trepacy, trepacy, <laughs> leprosy. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we don't need to hear more about the name because uh, we have to talk about the ship and how mediocre it is. Okay, seven point one masted sloop, three cargo, LS move, four S gun. So it's maybe a gold runner. When the ship carries no cargo, she gets plus us to her base move. Okay, that's not too bad, really. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it's sort of vaguely comparable to I think it's Le Pic. Uh-huh. Uh, a little tiny bit faster initially, a little bit more expensive, and smaller cargo capacity. Okay, maybe it's not as bad as I first thought. Yeah. No, it's pretty good, especially for the English, because they don't get a lot of good yeah. runners. Um, yeah, we've gone over other ships like this in the past, but this one stands out because its space move is already good. And then you add another S on when she's sailing out to get gold. You've got LSS on the on the turn on the trip to the island, and this is actually makes it one of the best English gold runners in the game. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty solid ship. Nothing to do other than you know running gold empty, but that's fine. They could use more ships like that. So. Um, the next one is Empress, uh, the undamaged version, as it says on miniature trading. Uh, this one is the first of the versions of the ship, uh, based on the movie, of course, uh, at World's End. It's a pirate ship, three-masted junk, uh, 10 points, four cargo, L move, cannons are 2S, 2L, 2S, and the ship gets plus two under her cannon rolls against English ships, and a link to Captain Sao Feng, who has the extra action ability for five points. And uh, this one is... Kind of just solid gunship, um, maybe a little bit of a hybrid, but not very fast. So it's a solid ship. Uh, the pirates are better, of course, but I don't know. I, th- I think she's decent as overall. I would say she's maybe a virtuous wind light mm-hmm. because she's not as fast and doesn't have as big a cargo pe- capacity or quite as good guns or a useful ability. But she's a few points cheaper. She's still pretty well equipped considering her point cost yeah. and her uh, her statistics. So a good ship if you're running out of uh, cheap options for pirate ships, which which you won't be. But she's yeah. a competitive option. Yeah, I feel like this is what WizKids should have done more often with ten point ships, but instead they went with like three cargo, three S cannons, and plus one to boarding rolls, like maximum yeah. boring. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, throw a bunch of overpriced abilities on a mediocre ship and call it a day. Um, The next ship is the damaged version of the Empress. I guess it's pre- and post-battle where they uh, captured Elizabeth Swan, but uh, also three-master junk. This one is 11 points and has S-base move, not off to a good start. Um, four cargo space, like the original, all two S guns. If the ship has a captain crew, she gets plus one to her cannon rolls. So I guess kind of, if you're looking for a micro dreadnought, maybe, uh, Yeah, that's maybe. a good point. Yeah, I've always liked this version as well, because, and this one is, you can make a solid case that this one is better because it's more, has a better purpose, and, um, yeah, it's it more focused. 
Yeah, as long as you have Captain and Helmsman, your speed is still slow, but then you've got three 1S cannons, so you're right, it is like a mini Dreadnought, so in that case, the, it shines well in that role, at least. Do the pirates have one of those crew that let them target ships at L range? I don't S think so, no. no. Not that uh-huh. I've seen yeah, because it would almost be worthwhile on this ship yeah. if you used a captain and helmsman, but uh, yeah, maybe a custom crew or something. That guy, yeah. that, that ability would be solid on the Flying Dutchman too. Oh, this set, of course. Agreed. Um, the next one is uh, Han Yu Pinion, uh, which is a three-masted pirate junk as well. Ten points, three cargo, L move, three L, three L, four L cannons. And if she shoots at a ship that was previously shot at by another ship this turn, she gets plus one to her cannon rolls against that ship this turn. Uh, so, yeah, just nothing exciting here. I kind of went over it fast because I know it's not a very interesting ship. So The artwork is almost a clone of Clear Wind, I yeah, think. That makes and sense. so is the ability and stats. Yeah. Yeah, this... Uh, it's kind of funny how close this is to a Jade Rebellion ship. Yeah, yeah it's almost the same, man. It's almost identical, yeah. It, we've already talked about that ship in a previous podcast. Go download and listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, that was a fun episode, but we don't need to talk too much about Han Opinion. Decent in a large group with similar ships, but otherwise, that's not a very good ship. Yeah. Um, next is Fuchuan, I think. Yes. I, I don't want to try to like uh, do a German pronunciation because that would be inappropriate. Um, it's not a German ship either. I'm talking about language-wise. Four-letter words, three-masted ship, worth 12 points. Uh, its guns are 3S, 3L, 3S. Its cargo space is 3. Its base move is L. And I forget which uh, sort of keyword was associated with this ability, but it's once you win a boarding party, you can take as much treasure as you want. Um, yeah, this is, this is another case of an expensive ability on a kind of average ship. This yeah. ship is probably worth like nine at yeah. the most. Yeah. I was thinking eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hoarding, eight sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hoarding gold is a solid ability, but you need more cargo and speed than this ship has to pull it off yeah. effectively. So you need yeah, above so. average cargo, ideally like really good cargo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the Empress, both versions of Empress are better than both of these blue bluish uh, junks here. Um, yeah. So they're pretty forgettable. Uh, the next ship is not, though. The High Peng is a pirate two-masted junk. It's 13 points, four cargo, S plus L move, cannons are 3S, 4S. It's a junk, and uh, if this ship has a captain crew, she gets plus L to her base move, which is a huge ability, even better than uh, San Cristobal. So with a captain and helmsman, this ship becomes the fastest uh, ship in the game with a base move uh, turning into SL, SL which is crazy. And then uh, this ship is kind of weird. At first glance, it doesn't seem too amazing, but if you pair it with Captain Jack Sparrow, who we'll see later, and uh, Micron to give it extra actions, uh, you can turn a fleet into a juggernaut. And basically a lot of the best ship, best fleets of all time at the 40-point level use this ship in conjunction with uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, Darren pioneered the universal pirate shipping idea, and that's a fleet concept. He, he's he got, like, four versions of it. I made a UPS-5 version that won a tournament on Vassal, and uh, one of those fleets actually won the second tournament, so it's, like, the best fleet ever, essentially. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the Hypeng, you have to you have to use it with the right pieces, but if you do, it's just 
it's unbeatable you know in a way you can argue so yeah Haipeng is it's I guess you could say it's sort of a Banshee's Cry tier ship mm-hmm. um despite being more than four times as expensive and um <clears throat> not to uh not to be anal about it but this ship is even faster than SLSL because what's been discovered is that via the use of um, rare Rise of the Fiends promotional crew, it's possible to get it to SLSLS. Yep. So it is it is technically the fastest ship in the game still. Um, at one point, I made the foolish claim of thinking that I discovered a faster ship, HMS Gibraltar, which was capable of uh, 5S move which was slightly faster than SLSL, but then I think you or Wolf or someone pointed out that Haipeng was still capable of more, but it wasn't quite as useful with that extra speed. Yeah, yeah, you can get, I guess, I think it's because Jonah and then Griffin, yep. or no, some, I don't know, there's some way to like get them on the... It was like Jonah and then that version of Calico Cat or something, yeah. and then Griffin and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Either way, this is... <laughs> By virtue of being the fastest ship in the game, it has tremendous value. After Haipeng is, uh, is, I mean, we can sing the virtues all we want of that, but but Ben's already laughing because he knows what I'm doing. I'm segueing into the next ship because we can sing all the virtues we want about Haipeng, but we'll not do the same for Song, which is a uh, two-masted junk, nine points, three L4L guns, L move, four cargo. Uh, each time this ship unloads gold to your home island, one treasure coin is worth plus one gold. Okay, decent ability on a ship with good cargo space, but it's a little slow and expensive to make use of that. Yeah, I think uh, the sea crane is very similar, um, but a little yeah. better. It's like uh, SL speed with three cargo, and one of the mm-hmm. is a tiny bit better. So this song, though, um, it's still a solid ship, just uh, outclassed by competition. So not a bad option, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, can't have a pun for this one, uh, Ningfo <laughs> is a 2 acid pirate chunk, uh, 7 points, 3 cargo, L move, cannons are 3 S4L, and the sniping ability, so you can double the range of the ship's cannons each turn, but you must roll a 6 to hit. Uh, I've used this like one a couple times, I believe, and uh, it's kind of just a fun novelty like most of the other ones. Um, for the same point cost, you can get uh, Lake Hiller, uh De Leon. From uh, South China Seas, one of my favorite yeah. ships, which is far better, better cannons, same ability, cargo. So, um, so yeah, just kind of a fun novelty, but it looks kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I sort of wonder if this would work well in a battle group with Le Coeur de Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure this was named after a cargo ship from a James Bond film, You Only Live Twice. Huh. Interesting. Even though that's kind of okay, it may just be a coincidence. Whatever. It's you said it pretty well. This is a not so good version of Le Coeur de Lyon, which is one of the game's best cheap gunships. Yeah. So, okay, I'm not even going to try to do a uh, segue into the next one because it's Kin Tai Fong, and it would you could spot it from a mile away. Me trying to do something there, and I have no ideas. So this is an eight point two master junk, still pirate. Three cargo, L move, three L gun, and four S gun. This ship can't be pinned. Mediocre stats, ability that's not super useful. I would never use this ship, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know that I have, and if, if I did, it was just a just a huge game. 
Um, yeah, not, not much else to say. Really boring. They can make the speed LS, um, and it would probably still be worth eight points. So, um, yeah. the next one is uh, Curse Captain Barbosa. So we're into the crew here, and this is the first crew we'll talk about from the movie. So this is one of my favorite uh, features of the set. Not only the ships, but they had artwork for the named crew, and uh, they really went crazy with it and included a lot of the minor characters too. So. Love that. Named, but, uh, yeah, they named characters that actually weren't named before this, I think. <laughs> no, I know that's like, crazy. That were never named in the film. Yeah, yeah, and the Jolly Mon even, too, because that is yeah. like canon from the from the scripts or whatever they had it with. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I think I had a little thing with Wolf one time about how Pirate CSG fans are actually probably more know more about the Jolly Mon and how, how she has her name than some Pirates of the Caribbean fans. It's kind of funny. Um, but anyway, Chris Captain Barbosa is uh, the first pirate crew. He's rare, five points, and he's got uh, Captain and then Fear. So it's a solid named Captain as they go. There are better ones we'll see uh, soon, actually. Um, but Fear is two points here, which is actually, I think, the correct cost. So I think it's it kind of wisened up to the Fear outcry with the unflanking 99 at six points. Um, so it's a solid uh, named Captain, but the pirates definitely have better yeah viable like if you pulled this in your first ever pack um he'd probably become a favorite and used forever but he's appropriately costed but that's not exactly high i mean i guess that sort of is high praise in the grand context of the game but in the set i wouldn't say so because there are some really great options um Captain Elizabeth Swan, who follows, is not necessarily one of those. She's just a plain fleet admiral crew, six points. You know, that ability being once at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6 on a result of six. Any ship in your fleet may be given two actions that turn. I'm not an auctioneer. I just like to talk fast sometimes. That was fluff. Um, and this is just kind of a generic crew. Yeah. Yeah, this one is it's great in huge games, but um, tough to pull off. You're not going to get enough sixes in a 40-point game to justify the six-point cost. So, and they did have John Lafayette from Revolutionist Five. They got him at a discount. So, but if you use them both in a campaign game, that's a good idea. Um, next one is uh, the first version of Jack Sparrow. Um, they forgot the captain in front of his name. That was not my mistake. So you don't have to correct me on that. Um, he's got two abilities. Um, just like the other versions of Jack, uh, this one is super unique. All three versions we'll see are one-of-a-kind crew. And uh, this one links to all pirate ships. He's five points, and he's got Parley. And when this ship, uh, when given an explore action, if this ship chooses the last treasure coin from an island, this ship can be given a move action. So that's kind of an interesting little novelty. Um, for five points, I think... That's about right if Parley is around three. Um, I actually don't have this guy, this version of him, and I haven't used him on Basil either. So I think there's some potential with that explorability, but I just haven't used it. And I haven't really heard about it being effective or other people using this version either. Probably because the other two versions are a lot more like powerful. So. Well, also because this is a five-point crew, and a lot of the time... For gold running, you don't really gain all that much by spending a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the cost benefit analysis, the more you spend, does not necessarily get you a better gold runner. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, like, not relative to the scaling of a uh, of of warships. Like three points will get you Banshee's Cry, and okay, 
You can spend 11 points and get Libelul, which is really good, even better, but not nearly as good a deal. And if you're going to be spending five points on a crew for for gold running, you're going to get limited value out of that. Yeah. So, I mean, this would be like the equivalent of having a really good uh, action for a a gunship, or not uh, a really good ability on a crew for a gunship, a unique one, but one that costs like nine, ten, or eleven points. It's like, ooh, it's good, but it's it's not cost effective. Yeah, I just thought of a little combo. You could put them on maybe the Darkhawk 2, and then yep. um, you would almost always choose the last treasure points, and you could get an extra action. And then Parley could help the ship be a hybrid, like with Hammersmith or maybe Captain Helmsman, and then use Parley more often than not. So, a little combo of it. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Um, and that's a good observation that he's best on big ships that are capable of draining an island in one go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, after Jack Sparrow comes Will Turner, and this is he's a captain with S board, and that's kind of I, I guess thematically it's not far off, but it's kind of uninspiring. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not very unique. I don't he's think seven he, points, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that he should have had captain. Um, he wasn't really captain until the end of Our World's End, so. A little bit unfitting, maybe. Um, but, yeah, and, and Captain Nesport for 7 is just kind of uh, something they did a lot, so it's a little bit boring, but oh well. Uh, the next yeah. one is Pintel, and he's 3 points. Uh, once per turn, this ship can randomly take one treasure from any ship she touches. Not uh, worth that so much. Yeah, no, nah, it's 2 points. And I and through the ability cost survey, I think there's not a lot of responses yet. Um, hopefully you guys will take that. Anybody who's listening... Um, and I think two points was the, the poll answer so far. Um, fun fact, Lee Ehrenberg, who portrays Pintel, he was actually on an episode of Seinfeld uh, back in the 90s. So <laughs> kind of a fun little, fun little thing for people who like Seinfeld and POTC, um, like myself. But anyway. That's a really strange fact. I'm kind of wondering if somebody can do a mashup of the two. Of course, he won't be speaking in a thick pirate accent in that, but... That might be worth like dubbing lines from his Seinfeld appearance over the film and seeing if it's funny or not. Um, his counterpart, you know, wooden-eyed fella named Reggetti or Reggetti, eh, is an explorer for one point. Um, I guess you can say he's technically better than a normal explorer because he has the option to link to a crew. <laughs> but the crew he links to is is terrible. So okay, he's he's just an explorer. Yeah, yeah, I think they could have done a little more, but oh well. I wish they had made him at least Rigetti at least separate from a like a generic crew ability. At least give him something else as well or something random. But yep. anyway, um, the next one is much better. Tia Delma is a five point pirate uh, crew. Once per turn, when when crew or ship with an S of the ship can't use its ability that turn, so the pirates finally get a canceller. This is their only one in the game, so this is actually a really important name crew for them, especially in some of the bigger games when they you want to try to keep pace with the canceling arms race uh, that sometimes occurs. Um, but in general, Tia Delma is one of their best name crew, and uh, I think it's good that they got a canceler. The biggest faction without one would be kind of weird. Yeah, I think canonically, you know, because of the duplicates rule, I don't think you can have Tia Delma and Calypso in the same game. That's an interesting one. Huh, I'll have to look that up. 
Um, whether or not it's in there, they're technically the same character in universe. Mm-hmm. You know, Calypso was living cursed or trapped or whatever as Tia Dalma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say you'd have to be really thoughtful about. Oh, sorry, I was yeah. just wondering what that strange sound was. Oh no, uh, I don't know if anyone can hear it. No, yeah. no, there's something in my backyard. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I don't see uh, Tia Delma on the duplicates list, though, so... Or no duplicates. She probably should be there, because Tia Delma and Calypso are technically the same. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this is a valuable ability, but at the same time, you're going to have to make your decision as to whether you want this or you want Calypso's ability. Yeah. Um, um, oh, this is a funny one. I didn't actually realize this was a crew. Um, damsel in distress is is not a fair lady. It's literally just Rigetti in drag from the first film when they were in the rowboat. Um, three points, the parley ability. This is kind of funny because I don't think I've ever seen this used, um, even like on miniature trading in a fleet. But I bet – actually, wait. I wonder if there's somebody out there who can go for like an – unused crew and ships kind of fleet that turns out to be good because parley's a powerful ability yeah yeah it might have been used i'll look that up too in a second um but yeah parley for three it's a solid deal a lot of times parley is tacked on to something else like we saw with the first version of jack sparrow so getting it for kind of like a bare minimum cost is is a, a good uh good one actually and yeah under yeah. i think so should this be a no duplicates one too? <laughs> Ooh, that's I mean, oh, that's a really I mean, this good one question. even more so. I actually think Tia Dama and Flipso would be more separate than this is just Rigetti, basically. Yeah, it's like just Rigetti and drag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, oh, I guess uh, I couldn't call him Dragetti. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's really fun. All right, uh, so next one is straight pack filler. Uh, this card was. Not well done. Uh, Cursed Crew 1, it says. It's kind of just a random skeleton. And uh, it's just the Musketeer. So this is a disappointment. Um, I think WizKids either should have just left this out or done something with the other stuff. Maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any other characters they forgot, but this is just a waste. Yeah, yeah, giving named crew, and I say that very loosely in air quotes, considering this named Cursed Crew 1. <laughs> so yeah, couldn't they have come up with anything? <laughs> Just call him uh, Bobson Dugnut or something. Yeah, skeletal figure. <laughs> Skeletor? <Yeah. laughs> oh, wait, what abilities would Skeletor have? Do your homework, kids. Post a comment, say what abilities you think Skeletor would have and why it's better than Curse Crew number one. Uh, yeah, Curse Crew one, we agree Musketeers are a little bit overpriced, and the fact that it, it did bug me a little bit that they basically made generic crew, named crew in this set. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, so Curse Crew one can, uh, I'm going to say, curse you and your counterpart, Curse Crew two, who is, uh, who's. Art was taken from when there's like a poll of some kind run through these uh, cursed crew guys in in the climactic fight scene in the first film, but um, he's just a cannoneer with a link to curse Captain Barbosa. Yeah, I think the other one links too, but it's still not that special. But, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, great. Well, we can do the other one quickly too, because the next card 
is a crew for two for a more pack filler park is one of those oh. one of those you know Asian or you know Jade Rebellion you could say girls from uh, South Bang South Bang's little palace or whatever um, if any crew with a point cost of four or less would be eliminated eliminate park instead but that's silly because an oarsman does the same thing and doesn't take up cargo space so and cost less yeah park is just is uh trash i guess so and so is leon which is basically the same thing but for um it says point cost of five or more mm-hmm. i love how with leon they didn't even they couldn't even get a good shot of her like she's such a minor character they didn't there's the portrait is terrible she's, she's off center <laughs> yeah, and it's like she's boring. such an unimportant character that they <laughs> couldn't even find an on-center shot of her. I know. I don't think they speak at all either, and like it's blurry yeah. too. Like it looks like a still from like somebody taking a picture of the of the movie rather than actual like. Not shot. even. It, it looks like um, she's been chosen from the side of a not particularly good picture. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right, well, this is a good segue, because next is the Black Pearl, so totally 180 here. Um, the mm-hmm. first version of three Black Pearls is Uncommon Pirate Ship. It's four masts, 17 points, four cargo, L move, cannons are 3L, 2L, 2L, 3L, and if the ship has a captain crew, she gets plus one to her cannon rolls and plus S to her base move, which is a fantastic ability, because this is built to be a gunship. So with a captain and helmsman, you'll have LSS speed, and then the cannons are 2L, 1L, 1L, 2L, basically. So this is actually one of the best um, gunships in the game for the most part, especially at four masts, and especially for really maximizing speed and firepower, which are pretty much a gunship's two most important attributes. So this one is just, this one is really a beast, and you could you could make a case that it's one of the top like 10 to 20 uh, gunships in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's more than a gunship because if you go the Hammersmith Jocard route, yeah. then, or technically you don't even need Jocard for this, but he helps. You've got yourself a ship that's both an excellent gold runner and an excellent gunship. It's expensive, but it, it'll be one of the best hybrids that you ever use um, because it'll be supremely capable in both roles. Um, then comes the damaged version of the Black Pearl, which isn't as good, but is still pretty solid. Um, this is 13 points, so it's a bit cheaper. It has four cargo, SL move, 3S, 2S, 2S, 3S guns, and then crew can't be eliminated from the ship unless she sinks. Mm, a decent ability, um, decent guns, good speed, good cargo. Pretty well-rounded, um, but not quite as good as her more expensive uh, predecessor here. Yeah, yeah, this one's very good. It's just it's harder to max out the firepower, and uh, she just falls a little bit short. But I think it's still um, fantastic ship. Definitely still one of the best pirate gunships. So it looks pretty cool too. Um, next one is Fleur de la Mort, which is another pirate four master, fourteen points, three cargo, L move, cannons are four S, four L, four L, four S. And it's, she's got gold captured, so if she wins a boarding party, you can capture the crew on the enemy ship with the highest point cost, and then that becomes a cargo worth gold. Um, like, you capture an eight-point crew, unload it at your mine, then that's eight gold for you. So, a nice ability, but um, for the stats, yeah, for the stats, it, it really falters, because she doesn't really have any other actual strengths. Everything is either average or below average so i think this is the only ship with the gold capture built in if i remember correctly and, i think uh, you're right yeah and she looks 
she looks really pretty, and she's got a great ability, and then everything else just falls flat. So. Yeah, this is like an eight-point... Sh- wait, this is like an eight- or nine-point ship that, based on the ruling of Bonnie Peels, that the ability's worth five. Yeah, so this is a nine-point ship with a five-point ability, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Actually, I'm wondering if there's a rule you can come up with that if the ability is more than half um, the cost of the ship's base stats, then it's a bad ship. Yeah, Maybe we'll, we'll have to look at that in the future. Yeah. yeah, there might be exceptions, but and I know Xerix yeah. has used the floor um, a bunch in the past because he likes gold capture a lot. There are some. <clears throat> Did he wipe the setups. floor with you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think in that game, but I can't remember. So. And he's used it in some of his games against his brothers. Uh, we're on the forum now, so that's cool. GW Darkhurst, uh, Ginger Ninja. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, some ways to make it pretty good. Um, World Hater is almost essential. Um, Calico Cat for same action twice would be a good one. But without, you know, making it 28 points, really piling the crew, it's gonna, it's not going to be too effective in games most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, after Fluid Elamore comes Wicked Wench and Wicked Wench is another 4 mastered ship, 15 points all 3 L guns, 4 cargo L move, and then if the ship docks at a home island wait, okay, this ship can dock at a home island and take as much treasure as she can carry, so this was an interesting one because she's expensive reasonably well armed, decent cargo space, a little bit slow, powerful ability um I'd say she's not quite fast enough to get away without a fight. She'll be able to handle a fight, but you would still want more cargo space for this role, so you kind of need Jokard. Yeah, or Hammersmith in general. Yeah, um, Hammersmith and Jokard, why not? Make the yeah. best of her, uh, mm-hmm. make the best use of her strengths. Yeah. And yeah, I guess they're not bad. Yeah, that's a solid one. Or just Hammersmith and Orsman. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a good ship. Um, I think it's one of my favorite pirate ships overall. And this, uh, I think Bendari was the one that, um, informed me the first time a number of years ago, but this was actually the Black Pearl before she became the Black Pearl, I guess. So, kind of oh, yeah, little, yeah. Yeah, kind of an interesting little, little factoid. Um, it's funny how there are canonically the same ship and crew and all that across different eras in multiple occasions in this set. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are multiple historic versions of the same crew and then now of the same ship, um, for the second time, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You must be glad I didn't intercept you there. Um, I was almost chomping at the bit to do so, but, uh, the next ship is HMS interceptor, um, from curse of the black pearl. It's an English four master, 14 points, four cargo, L move, 3S, 3L, 3L, 3S cannons, and the ship gets plus L to her base move if she has all of her masks, which is a great ability. Um, makes sense based on the movie. Um, I have some some really big-time uh, complaints to WizKids here. Um, first of all, there's two gun decks on the artwork, which is bizarre because the Interceptor probably had between like 14 and 28 guns in the movie. Um, and it should be probably a two-masted square-rigged, or maybe three at most. So I thought three at most, too. I was going to yeah. bring that up, not to interrupt you, but no, Interceptor, Interceptor was considerably <laughs> smaller than Black Pearl in the first film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she didn't stand much of a chance. Yeah, shouldn't yeah. have been the same size. No, not at all. Um, and uh, <laughs> this, she's got a link to Admiral James Norrington, 
who's Captain World Hater, so a good combo there. The ship overall is pretty good. I have used her a number of times, and uh, the speed is great because you can max it to LLS, but then if you get into a fight, um, you're going to be in trouble pretty quick. Um, but it's still a very good ship overall, and the link is just about perfect, I think. Yeah, um, because of its speed, it's notable, but uh, something that hasn't been mentioned quite yet. I I did a bunch of math. This is the fastest four-masted ship in the game, wow. because if you use Griffin and a captain and a helmsman, yeah. you can get LLSS. Wow. Which, That's as fast as the Hypang before Griffin. Nice. Yeah, um, so it's technically on par with the high pang there. Um, there are a couple of ships that come sh- that come pretty close to that. They can get LSSS, uh-huh. um, okay. but the interceptor is the fastest four master. And even if, I mean, and she has decent guns and cargo space left over after that. So you're always going to be able to make the first strike with this ship. Mm-hmm. And that's very important in how this game's turn-based combat works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you outfit her well, you'll find a lot of success when you use her. And uh, yeah, I just did that again because we were talking about HMS Success, which is a 9.4 master chip. One of, I think, two or three that were ever released. Um, uh, mm. By that, I mean four master chips below 10 points the other one i can think of is hms caledonia yeah same here yeah there might be another one but hms success nine points three cargo l move four s guns on the end three l in the middle on the turn the ship is pinned eliminate one crew from the enemy ship this is a strange one because i guess it's kind of a big it's kind of i guess a cheap middling gunship that's kind of big for uh, for what you pay for it. Yeah. Um, it's similar to the Ballista from Spanish Main, that pirate oh, ship. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very Ballista. similar, just not quite as good for the most part. Uh, yeah. It'll probably survive longer, because the cannons are a tiny bit better rank-wise, and it's got one more cargo, but it's not but as good as... But it's slower, I think. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's a full-ass slower, so it's not as good as, like, at the suicide roll that she's better at. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you can put uh, Spanish Main Hawkins on the ballista and maximize its silly ability, I think. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Yeah. Yep, um, okay. And I, I used to have three of HMS Success, but then I, I traded away two of them, so now I have one left. And uh, the next ship is Edinburgh Trader. Hey! Um, which could be my new nickname. But uh, this one is an English three master, uh, 11 points, 5 cargo, SS move, cannons are 4L, 3L, 4L. And she's got ship treasure trading. So once per turn, if, if the ship carries treasures with an Asimony ship, you can trade randomly trade one treasure with that ship, or you could trade HMS Success for uh, the Interceptor. Um, but this one, the ability, regardless of the ability, this is actually kind of an underrated English Gold Runner slash, you know, kind of Matt hybrid. Um, I've actually used it in uh, a, a decent amount of games, and she always performs pretty well. I think this is one of the more underrated English guns or just ships in general because um, like HMS Nautilus is way better as a gunship um, they have better gold runners um, but overall I think it's it's a pretty solid ship the L range guns help you out you've got solid attributes overall and this is actually the ship that the, the Kraken destroyed when Will Turner came aboard so I don't know if <sighs> yeah. um, I was going to ask you was that segue deliberate? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, making sure. Because <laughs> you didn't acknowledge it. But, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty well equipped for a British gold runner, I guess. Nothing amazing in the context of other factions. Got pretty artwork. Yeah. But... I guess in a 40-point game, she's a decent candidate for the Captain Helmsman crew, like Hermione Gold, Gun, because then you'd save a cargo and make her like a reasonable hybrid. Not great cannons, but serviceable. Like usable if she has support. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, I'm not going to try. Oh, yeah, I'll give you more time. I actually looked up uh, Damsel in Distress, and it has been used in one fleet. Um, really? A long time ago. Yeah, it's from from like 2010 or so. Um, it's 94 points. It's it's exceedingly random. Uh, <laughs> but it has technically been used, even though I don't know if it's even legal. It's kind of bizarre. But anyway, definitely something uh, to try out. It's a damsel in distress. is pretty good crew, actually. Yeah. Um, anyway, HMS Rose is next. No, I'm not going to try to come up with a, a silly segue for that. But HMS Rose is a 14.3 master, 3S, 3L, 3S guns, 4 cargo, L move. This ship's cannons can't be eliminated. Masks still can be if derelict. She can't shoot. So kind of HMS Dreadnought at, I guess, three-fifths scale at about three-fifths cost. Uh, yeah, it's just not going to survive as long. Yeah, and I guess technically that ability scales in value on bigger ships. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this ship is only worth 12 or 13. I agree, yeah. Ships like this are a little disappointing to me. Cause I just, I've used stuff like this in the past a bit, and the Dreadnought is just more fun to use, and it's more of an extreme option. Um, I think the Rose would be a lot more interesting with like all 2L cannons or something, really be a true Dreadnought. But in this case, with the 4 Cargo, she's almost like, pretending to be a hybrid when she's not that great compared to yeah. the interceptor or even the trigger mm-hmm. above. So yeah. So I would I would resist using her overall. So HMS Resistance is uh the next ship, English three master, um eight points. Uh L L move, all three cannons are three S and once per turn when the ship's enemy ship, also eliminate one crew from that ship. So crew elimination. I think this is Almost exactly a carbon copy of El Tirador from Spanish Maine, which is a solid Spanish gunship. And uh, here for the English, pretty good ship. Um, just this is about as basic, but also about as you know effective or normal as it gets for cheap three-masted firepower overall. Yeah, at eight points, usable guns and beneficial ability, it's serviceable, and it's really you're really getting quite a lot for eight points at a ship of that size. Um, it, I mean, even though you probably won't be fast enough to make your, you know, to get the first shots in, you'll be able to exact revenge on the person who, uh, who shot at you first, which is funny because uh, the next ship is revenge and it's another chief three master. This one's a pirate ship instead though. It's nine points for cargo. L move all two S guns. Uh, once per turn, the ship can move S after unloading cargo. Um, after I talk about this, I'm going to have to run for a bathroom break real quick. But revenge is, I guess, it's sort of a hybrid. The ability is vaguely useful if you use it as a gold runner. It has the cargo to be used as a gold runner, but it's got the guns to be used as. A warship, so it's kind of an okay hybrid deal, and I'll be right back. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. This one is interesting to me um, because it kind of follows in line with some Spanish main ships, kind of like the Internet Resistance, um, the Ladrone, and uh, the Recreant were also pirate ships, um, same ship type from Spanish main. They were also nine points for cargo El move, two S gun and two S cannons, and uh, so anything different is the ability. So it kind of continues that line of, uh, of pirate gunships that are pretty effective for their cost. Um, I've used her as a gold runner, but she's better off as kind of a, a cheap hybrid option, if you will. And uh, with this ship, I wouldn't necessarily try to seek my fortune, um, maybe with a better gold runner, but the fortune is actually the next ship, and it's a pirate three master. It's a nine point ship, four cargo, SS move. <coughs> Cannons are all three L's, and when this ship hits another ship, you choose which mast is eliminated. So this one is also kind of an interesting ship, solid hybrid, maybe um, maybe slightly more purpose-built as a gunship, but the cannons are a bit worse. So I think the fortune is good. I, I like the revenge better with the with those two S's, but um, the fortune is still pretty solid. So. Yeah, the ability is more catered toward well, toward war than the uh, the revenge is. It's the same cost and same cargo space. The guns are not quite as good, but the speed is better. I'm kind of amazed at how many cheap, good ships there are in this set. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, Fortune is definitely usable. You don't need a crew up too crazy, and she's just decent overall. Um, leaves you with a sense of satisfaction. Which is the next ship, uh, because that's what you can come to expect from me. Again, another 9.3 masted ship, but unfortunately, this one is not as good as the previous. This is 3 cargo space L move, and then 4 S guns on the ends, and then 1 and 3 L in the middle. When this ship hits an enemy ship, you can also eliminate one cargo from that ship. This is a bad version of Asesino de la Nave, which you can get for 2 more points, so skip Satisfaction. Yeah, Dale and is 12, but it's still way better. Okay. Three um, points, but yeah, yeah it's... Satisfaction is not satisfying at all, so yeah. Amen. It's, yeah, it's a very unfitting ability, so about it. Other than that, too, it's, it doesn't have anything good going for it, really. Attributes are not good, so do the next mm -hmm. one, then I'll do a bathroom break, too. Um, okay. The Seraph is a uh, pirate three-masted galley. Um, we're into the common ships now. 11 points, 4 cargo, SS move, cannons are 3S, 2L, 3S, and along with galley, it gets plus 1 to cannon rolls and boarding rolls against English ships, which still isn't really a big deal, but I think this ship is a little little underrated, maybe kind of like the Edinburgh Trader. Um, with Hammersmith, you could make it kind of a hybrid. Um, it's just got solid cargo speed and cannon, so it's a solid overall ship in general. Mm -hmm. What this ship reminds me of with the cargo space and and I guess some of the armament, this kind of reminds me of, uh, I can't remember, I want to say it's Tiger's Eye from Barbary Coast, the really good 11 or 12.3 masted galley that's just stacked with good stats. But this is a little bit less good. Also, it's kind of funny how in miniature trading it says 3S, 2L, 3S, even though the first mast is visibly the 2L gun. It's it's an okay ship for sure, but its problem is that it does have kind of shockingly good competition at this price from a much earlier set. 
It's definitely a useful ship, though. It's followed by Kirbak, which is another funny kind of ship, because this is a 7.3-masted galley. All of its guns are 3L, its cargo space is 3, and its base move is L. So it's a pretty good firepower deal for its price, but it's that way because it has a negative ability, which is that if you roll a 1, you lose a mast. And I'm pretty sure there are other ships... I'm pretty sure this has another sort of a compatriot from Barbary Coast, as the Seraph did. But the Kirbak is... I'm pretty sure that this is one of those ships that Ben has had really bad luck. Well, at least with the ability, if not oh, necessarily the, Black Mamba. the ship. Yeah, yeah. It's Black Mamba ship. Yeah, but uh, the Kirbak, I want to say it reminds me of a ship from Barbary Coast, the way the Seraph does. I was saying the Seraph reminds me uh, of... Tiger's Eye, I want to say it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Kirbak, I want to say there's a similar ship in Spanish, no, not Spanish, but Barbary Coast, but I can't yeah. think of what it'd be named. I mean, if Sheba might have the same ability, I can't remember. Or some, Maybe. One of the two masters does. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I think mm. Kirbak is actually a little underrated. I do hate the Black Mamba because she's awful, but um, with the Kirbak, I haven't had my cannons backfire as much, so I think this is a strangely underrated uh, gunship option. 12 points, LS move, uh, with Captain Helmsman, of course, 3L guns, galley. I don't know, it's not too bad, so kind of a cool option, I think. I, I think you were on the uh, the Seraph still. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about her back now. Yeah. 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 Um, I can, you want me to go to the next one? I can do yeah. Cool. Yeah, the Pearl... Is not quite like uh, Black Pearl, but weirdly she has black sails as well. And pretty cool sails, actually. But uh, this is a pirate three-masted galley. Uh, nine points, five cargo, S move. All three cannons are three S, and along with galley. Once per turn, the ship can look at one face-down treasure on any island. And this one I find a little bit underrated as well. Um, Splinter is better, kind of a similar ship from Fire and Steel. But the Pearl is kind of kind of a fun little option if, if you you're forced to use really slow ships um this could be a solid hybrid overall it's got a lot going for it speed is the only problem of course at the slowest base move it's a big problem yeah um i actually wrote a review on pearl uh i think this ship is so so close to being good like being really good if it had an L base move, it would be just so good. But you have to, no matter how you use this ship, account for its terrible base move of S. So you need a helmsman, and then once you put a helmsman on it, you're going to be questioning how you spend your points. Because if you get a cheap ship that has a flaw so major that it needs to be augmented, it's it kind of argues against using the cheap ship in the first place. Yeah. I compared Pearl to Raven's neck. Mm-hmm. And while that might sound silly, uh, if people read my review, they can figure out my justification for that. Basically it's that when you fix Pearl's major weakness by throwing a helmsman aboard, you end up at 11 points with four cargo SS move and then three S guns and kind of the same ability as Raven's neck, but Raven's neck is Bigger and better armed for one point more, has more cargo, and you haven't used up your helmsman. So Raven's Neck can be faster and still have more yeah. cargo. Oh. Yeah, this is it's comparable and kind of 
just worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a poor eight man's points, version of it. Eight points or an L move, it might be viable, but it's just yeah. not quite there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on swiftly to Swift, which is a 9.2 masted galley. Four cargo, L move, two S, three S guns. Can dock and explore Wild Island using the same move action. Not bad. Probably a little expensive. I would say this is probably worth seven points. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, fun, <laughs> fun, not intended at that time, but uh, yeah, but it's a solid ship overall. It's been used uh, in the starting fleets of two uh, campaign games already, but mostly because of the ability, probably, but. I think it's a it's a good candidate for Hammersmith. I mean, he's a good candidate for a ton of ships, but um, but yeah, in this case, you could have a, kind of a mini hybrid. So it's a good ship overall. Definitely not one to overlook in the, in the pirate fleet. Um, but it's maybe not quite as good as the Otter, um, which is the next ship. And uh, this one is a pirate two-masted galley as well. Ten points, four cargo, L move. Cannons are three L, three L, and L range cannons can, can't hit this ship. So nice defensive ability. Um, I wanted to talk about this one uh, before the podcast started. I was actually thinking about this one. Um, I think it's underrated. We're kind of into like that kind of niche where the ships are underrated. Um, they didn't appear in the movies, and they're kind of forgotten about because there's just so many, uh, so many pirate English ships in the set that things like the Otter get left behind. Um, and in this case, I think you've got another solid hybrid. You've got good cargo, solid cannons, defensive ability, and the ability to uh, to get gold and and fight a little bit. Same yeah, I agree. I'm. You know me. Uh, my meme is comparing every two-masted ship to Executioner. But even so, I think Otter compares pretty well. Uh, like, okay, Otter's more expensive, slower, and not as accurate. But Otter does have one major defensive ability, uh, which at least partially justifies the cost. I think Otter would have been better remembered at nine points, but isn't necessarily any worse at ten. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. If you figure out the right, say, if you're playing a big game and you figure out the right fight to send Otter to, she'll probably outperform her cost as high as it is for uh, such a small ship. Yeah. Yep. Um, this podcast does drag on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was forced. Because oh, I didn't, ship... oh, I didn't even get it at first. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I actually, speaking of a pretty well-stacked ship, Dragon oh. uh, is a 6.2-masted galley. <laughs> Both masts are 3S guns. Base move is S plus S. Cargo space is 5. And you get all of these decent traits because uh, English ships get plus one of the cannon rolls against a ship. Statistically, it's all pretty much there. This is like... This is like sort of two-thirds of Tiger's Eye, right? But with a yeah. negative ability and a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I think it's more comparable to like the Star of Siam or some of the other pirate gold runners, which is yeah. similar to with a Helmsman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what you could do? You could just put a plain old captain on this. I wouldn't do Hammersmith. Yeah. Um, I would do plain old captain, maybe a Helmsman, and you've got yourself a fast little uh, hybrid that can take a lot of gold and maybe even lend some firepower yeah yeah it's definitely a good ship um i think it compares favorably i was surprised by how good it is compared to like bloody jewel bonnie liz star of siam it's actually very similar once you put the helmsman aboard i think i've only used it as a gold runner not so much hybrid but either role would be 
pretty good for this one. So another case of negative abilities making a ship a lot better. So, um, mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a comet. But the next, I don't even know. Oh, that didn't even quite work. Oh no, I know. I was trying to think of something quick, but then I couldn't. So. Well, comets comet, are quick. Yeah, HMS Comet. Um, it's an English two master, and uh, it's it's not a galley though. This is a square rigged ship. It's seven points, two cargo, L move. The cannons are two L, both of them, and she's got the explorer ability built in. So this is kind of an enigma. Uh, you want to use it as a hybrid because you've got great cannons and an explorer, but you only have two cargo. So unless you use Hermione Gold or Thomas Gunn from Rise of the Means to combine Captain Thompson one uh, cargo space, you can't really do a hybrid roll with it. So she's better as a pure gunship, in which case 12 points is pretty pricey um, for what you're getting at that cost. So it's not seven uh, points, though. Is that a misread? No, I mean, no, I'm thinking Captain Helmsman. For oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you could get HMS Nautilus for one more point and uh, more durability and firepower. So yeah, and speed, or well, no, same speed. But yeah, yeah HMS good. Comet I think would be more competitive at this price with three cargo. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think HMS Comet should have at least three cargo. Um, at four, it would be quite memorable. But as is, uh, you've got a ship that's kind of a one-trick pony it's a cheap-ish support gunship for the english i would say yep. yeah um even then they do kind of have better options um i know some people will hound me for saying that but um i think hms hound may be an example because hms hound is another 7.2 master its guns are not comparable through three s's they're not two l's uh, but this is four cargo and SL move. And the abilities once returned, the ship can look at one face down cargo on any ship. This is kind of a weird one because it's, it's an auxiliary ship that is, I guess, usable in any role technically. Yeah, you can, you can put a cheap named captain on it or somewhere, or just a plain captain. You've got yourself a quick little sport gunship. Or you could do, First mate Ismail plus a helmsman and you could have Yeah, and you could have a really quick gold runner for the English, although that's getting kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I think this ship is one of the best English two masters and one of their best um, gold runners overall. Um, but it is a good candidate for a captain. Uh, you can still have free cargo, got some good guns. Um, a nice ability to help you spy UTs. You could try to raid enemy gold runners with that ability. Overall, I'd say the Hound is one of the best uh, small English ships out there. So, And uh, uh, she might have blazing speed for the English, but HMS Blazer does not. Um, this is a two-master with a seven-point cost, three cargo, L-move, cannons are 3L3S, and the ship can't be pinned. Um, unlike the Hound, this one just pales in comparison. Slower, less cargo. Um, ability is just kind of irrelevant for the most part, so... Blazer is mm -hmm. very forgettable, kind of like the Kintai Fong. Yeah, whereas you're on fire. <laughs> you're on fire tonight. He'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and back to the next episode of the podcast. But HMS Blazer is, yeah, this is a really boring ship yeah. with a boring ability. And at five points, people would still forget about this ship. Uh -huh. um, it's not a ship that I fancy. Um but the next ship is 
not particularly fancy in itself, despite its name, which is fancy because it's an 8.2 master. We're back to pirates now, I guess. Two cargo, L move, 3S3L. Can unload cargo at your home island if she's within S of it. I guess if you really want to like throw this into a mercenary fleet and use her as your uh, your unloading ship, okay, do it. But nah, no thanks. Yeah, this one is super boring and just I don't know. She could be it could be a lot less expensive. Even I think even four would kind of work. <laughs> Crazy as it might sound. Um, the only reason I would board the fancy is to uh, set sail and try to, to catch some. Some dolphins, which is the next <laughs> is the pirate ship dolphin, uh, two master, common as well. Uh, seven points, three cargo, SS move, cannons, three all, four all, and uh, crew elimination. So once per turn, the ship that's an enemy ship, also eliminate one crew from that ship. Um, this one is uh, it's kind of tough. I've I've wanted to use it. I've tried, but the firepower um, is not quite there, and. Uh, it's decent, but just, I don't know, I feel, it reminds me of what you said about the Pearl. Like, she's just, she's a tiny bit faster or better guns away from being quite usable, but she's not all there. Yeah. Um, I want to say, is this, does this ship look like Hades Realm or yeah, Bloody Hades Jewel Flame. to you? Yeah, Hades Flame, yeah. Yeah, this is a, it's a really weird looking ship. It's got crimson red sails and like a ghostly white hull. It's cool looking, yeah. but it's kind of a forgettable ship considering the artwork. Um, Dolphin's main problem is that she shares the faction with Baba Executioner. One more point, you get more cargo, better guns, and the same ability. Yeah, yeah. that's a good comparison there. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, because they're just so similar. Dolphin is a is the I can't afford the one extra point for Executioner. Um, I'm not going to try to be a, a smart aleck with the next one. Uh, Paradox is the next ship on the list. This is one of the cheaper ships in the game. Um, Paradox is a 4.2 master with two 3S guns and five cargo. And S move cannot shoot when she carries treasure. So statistically this is a very strange ship i'm inclined to use her only as a gold runner just yeah. drop a helmsman aboard exactly yeah i mean she's too. too slow to use as a support as a support gunship even though she has two 3s guns yeah yeah five maybe a hybrid but you can't fit the captain effectively so yeah and this is yeah. a really this is a really good ship it's a rare ship that has more cargo spaces than points that she costs to so that's, oh, always yeah. a hallmark. That's always a hallmark of a good cheap ship. So this one is actually a very good uh, gold runner overall. So um, that being said, with her speed, you wouldn't want to put a princess aboard trying to protect her. Um, the princess <laughs> is the next ship. It's a pirate three master. So we're now into some common threes. Um, this one is only six points, four cargo, SS move, cannons are 3S, 4L, 3S. And the ship can't load the last treasure from an island. And as Wolf has pointed out at least once, this ship is basically just a poor man's version of the Longshanks, which is almost exactly the same, but has a 3L cannon in the middle and SL speed. So it's just a direct downgrade. That being said, the Longshanks was a little bit too good, um, especially because the no duplicates rule wasn't around at the very beginning. Um, but anyway, but the Princess, without the Longshanks around, the Princess can do uh, pretty well, actually. She's not too bad overall. 
Yeah, this is a funny ship where if you lost the four rail gun in the middle, you would be looking at this ship, you know, as a two master and going, wow, this is pretty good. Why don't I hear much about it? Um, I guess the four rail gun in the middle just makes us go, the guns are so good. The guns are usable. Yeah. Uh, the speed is usable. The cargo space is usable. And the point cost is rock bottom. You can use this as a dirt cheap hybrid and be reasonably successful with it. Yeah. Um, the next ship is Ranger. We're looking at a 9.3 master here. Ooh, a little burp there. 4S, 304S, 3 cargo, SL move, and then treasure trading. So this is significantly worse than, uh, than the last ship we talked about because that ability is overpriced. The yeah. only real strength this ship has is one 3L gun and SL speed. Yeah, speed is the best part here. Um, island treasure trading is way better than ship treasure trading, which is almost useless. Um, but the, still, the Ranger is not a great ship. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of in between. I feel like the Princess is maybe more of a gold runner than a gunship. The Ranger is really caught in between. Um, so she, she really struggles to have a role, and therefore she's going to be left into the dust most of the time. So... Um, the next one is the Centurion, which is a pirate three master, ten points, four cargo, L move. Cannons are two S, three L, three L. And when this ship hits another ship, you choose which master is eliminated. This one strikes me um, as just a solid pirate gunship, um, not huge, but pretty solid firepower. And uh, between the cargo and a nice little, not a big deal, but a little nice offensive ability to help cement her role as a gunship little bit of a hybrid but mostly just cheap firepower yeah that's a good description of uh, centurion you see the cargo and you kind of want to use her as a hybrid but we've seen so many cheaper ships that do that a little bit better in this set among the pirates that i couldn't really advocate using centurion as a hybrid you know Mm -hmm. yep um i'm I'm not, you know, I'm not Raven mad about her, but yeah, she's decent. Um, HMS Raven is the next ship. Uh, yeah, I did that on purpose. That was also one of my worst so far tonight. Uh, HMS Raven is 10 points, and at 10 points, you're getting four cargo, SS move, and all three L guns. Uh, there's also a plus one to cannon rolls against pirate ships, but that's not particularly valuable. Um, take away that ability. And you're still left with a really pretty good ship. Yeah. Because those are good guns. That's an average base move. That's good cargo space, and that's a competitive cost. Yeah, I'll take yeah. I'll take three. Yeah. Yeah, the Raven is kind of similar to the Centurion, actually. Um, so, yeah, yeah, pretty solid gunship in English. Um, something like each Miss Nautilus is better, but there's yeah. better options anyway. So if I was a Raven, I would probably... As long as I could fly, I wouldn't be too scared of being eaten by a hyena. Yeah, um, which the next uh, I, could, is. I could see that one coming from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, uh, HMS Hyena is an English three master and one of their absolute best, actually. Nine points, five cargo, SS move, cannons are 3S, 2L, 3S, and on the turn, the ship is pinned to eliminate one crew from the enemy ship. I've had this one for a while, and she is excellent. This is one of the best English hybrids. You could make a reasonable case that she could maybe be the best English hybrid in the game. HMS Dover is fantastic for one point more. Um, yeah. For this one, usually Captain Helmsman, you could do the combo crew from Rise of the Fiends if you want. Um, Thomas Gunn. Yeah. Maybe an Explorer, maybe an Oarsman, but 
overall, the ship is just fantastic at whatever you, whatever you assign her to. Yeah, I would do Thomas Gunn and and I guess an oarsman just to save him in case, uh, in, you know, in case you're in an engagement that you're not the victor of. More on that later. Uh, I I'm a big fan of the hyena as well because she is so well stacked with stats and a decent ability. And yes, one of the simple combination crew like Thomas Gunn would be the perfect fit because then you've got enough cargo to empty an island. You've got speed, you've got guns. Um, with that combination, you'll be the victor in any engagement. (laughs) Speaking of which, HMS Victor is next. Uh, this is another 9.3 masted ship. Another pretty well balanced one. Um, not as much balanced, but focused in this case, I would say, um, Nine points, three L, two L, three L guns, two cargo, SL move. This ship can repair at any sea or, uh, wait, at sea or any island, not any sea. Um, unless you're making some strange rules about repairing in different areas of the game board. Yeah, I could do that um, in my games. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that'll turn into like a, uh, a touch football sort of thing, I feel like, or capture the flag. Uh, huh. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Playing capture the flag would be really interesting. Yeah. Has anybody tried that? Probably. Just not recently, maybe. Capture the flag or capture the flagship. Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, capture the flag. I'm I'm interested in trying that out. Um, HMS Victor is... Yeah, we actually already talked about the stats. This is a really good ship. Captain and... Just captain and helmsman and maybe oarsman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the two cargo is just enough. Um, for a gunship. In this case, I think it's one of England's best three-masted gunships. Um, probably better than HMS Nautilus. Maybe. Well, eh, you can make a case. But um, but yeah, up to SLS speed with very good firepower. So, oh, I just realized this is kind of bizarre because with two cargo, you could get up to four generic crew keywords with Captain Helmsman Oarsman, and then it's got Shipwright built in. So despite yeah. the lack of cargo, you're going to have a lot of abilities well, available. So that's kind of neat. well. I mean, if if you felt like using one of the combo crew, yeah. then oh wait a minute, uh, if you went Hermione yeah. Gold, um, and Trevor Van Tyne, and then an Oarsman, yeah, uh, you could have. Okay, hold on, that would be Captain Helmsman, Musketeer, Shipwright, Oarsman. Uh, is that five there? That's yeah, five, that's... and you still have one space left. Wow. That's Explorer. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no point, but still. Ex- wait, just, Explorer, just since, he's, since the ship is fast, or alternatively, a Cannoneer, because it's technically kind of a gunship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so HMS Victor is even better than we thought it was. Um, yeah, and, I have to write down that combo just so I can yeah. kind of joke about flooding one ship with almost every single generic crew. <laughs> I know, and the, it's it's even more amazing with the lack of cargo. Like most people would think, oh, two cargo—that's a that's a limiter. But with a gunship, I always say, you know, two is all you need a lot of times. So you don't have, yeah. you don't have to go crazy with extra action stuff especially more is sometimes superfluous because it drives up the cost but doesn't always drive up the effectiveness of the ship exactly yeah so two is all you need a lot of times gunships especially the smaller or cheaper ones um and this would be a a solid flotilla tog if you didn't do the helmsman so 
Yeah. Um, next one is the first uh, English crew of the Commons. Lord Cutler Beckett is um, a six-point English crew. He links to all English ships. And same ability as Elizabeth Swan earlier, once at the beginning of each year, turns roll a d6, and a result of six, any ship in your fleet can be given two actions that turn. And I sometimes speak fast. Um, but uh, Beckett is is great, really. Um, like I said earlier... Um, he links to all English ships, so he's yeah. above average for a fleet admiral. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and he's the second one, because uh, Cargo from uh, Crimson Coast is their other one, as I call him anyway. Um, so that gives them a a decent advantage over some factions in the big campaign games, and I think it's really fitting. I think they did him well, because Beckett is, he's not really a up-close and personal, like, sword fight, you know, tactician or whatever, so I think it's a fitting mm-hmm. ability they gave him as well. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a snotty little coward. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed watching him die. Uh, I think it's great. I thought it was uh, funny. Uh, yeah, this next one is Calypso, and this is, this is one of the really unique crew in this set, because... For six points, you get this ability. At the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a result of four to six, instead of giving this ship an action, choose two whirlpools from outside the game. Put one L away from the ship and one o- and one L away from a wild island. Neither can be placed so that it touches any island or ship. This ship does not have to roll for effect when she uses a whirlpool. So this is protection from Davy Jones in crew form. And sort of a navigator, but for whirlpools. Yeah. yeah so, crazy. Yeah. yeah, this is a really, really strange, but remarkably powerful crew. Yeah. Yeah, this is the only time that showed up in the game, so she's super unique. And I think they did her well, too. Um, it doesn't make quite as much sense with the movie, but it still it still makes sense. Um, and there's, I actually just added this to the list of like big game pieces to discuss in more depth later on. Because um, this is crazy with home island raiders, um, mm-hmm. with, like fast flagships with extra actions flying out of a whirlpool, um, using her on the Zeus. Um, it's pretty scary. So there's a lot to do with Calypso, and uh, and I've made a few fleets with her too. Uh, one of which I hope to use soon. So more on that later, definitely in a later episode. Uh, and she was actually. It's like a fight over there or something. <laughs> uh, there are children playing in the backyard. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but Calypso was actually uh, in love with uh, Captain Davy Jones, who's the next crew. This is uh-huh. a pirate crew for seven points, and he's also unique. He's got fear. Um, each time any crew would be eliminated, roll a d6. On a result of six, put that crew on this ship instead. It is linked to Davy Jones. And what it doesn't say is that it, you can use the abilities... Um, the crew is just part of that ship, so that's a really big one. And then also, mm-hmm. if a Kraken is in your fleet, Davy Jones can declare a ship a target of the Kraken. And it says, see Kraken rules. Um, this was uh, probably not a good idea. This is incredibly confusing and bizarre and uh, only showed up on this guy. So this whole targeting thing is just, I think it's more trouble than it's worth. But overall, as a named crew, I think he's pretty good. Um, none of his abilities are really essential, but if you put him on a big flagship, um, or house rule him to work on a cursed 10 master, for example, he can be pretty effective in a, in a bigger game. Uh, I mean, he's basically a necessity anytime you use a Kraken or Octopus because he adds so much, well, utility to them. Um, I'm pretty sure that his first two abilities are close, if not identical, to those that appeared on Wraith in Savage Shores. Yeah. 
but I'm pretty sure Wraith was like nine points in that set. Wraith got Fear and then Massacre in OE, and then he got the four-point um, crew on a six ability in Savage Shores, but only on that, or only that. Yeah. Savage Shores, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in other words, Wraith is kind of a not very good version of Captain Davy Jones, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, that's... I think his second ability is probably one that's kind of underrated, and I'm wondering if there are more ways to capitalize on it. Um, it certainly... Oh, add this to the list of things that would be broken by Nemo's plans and Runes of Thor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, technically an entire game is broken if somebody gets their hands on both, but yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have a next... whole fleet around using him and Wraith in the same fleet. It's basically... A lot of crew elimination all at once. So there's a mm-hmm. one really nasty combo. I'll talk about another time. But anyway. Yeah. Um, speaking of really nasty, the next crew is Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, yeah, he is as much of a, uh, a deus ex machina in the game as he is in the film. He's six points. He's linked all pirate ships. This ship can move and shoot. Okay, he's captain, and when this ship is given an explorer action, you can swap a treasure on the on the wild island with a crew on any friendly ship. I'm going to let you explain to people who aren't familiar why this is broken. Yeah, so basically this is part of the universal pirate shipping strategy um, pioneered by Darren, and, uh, or at least invented by him, certainly. And basically you can put Jack Captain Jack Sparrow on the high pang with a helmsman, watch an island really fast or maybe even hidden cove out there and then when you get an explore action you swap a treasure on the island with a crew on any friendly ship but the key is you can have little cheap little ships with a base move of at least s plus s so they can redock at your home island and then you toss the coin to them like a teleportation effect basically and then they unload the coin immediately so it's like you, you basically if you pull off this strategy right, you don't really have to bring gold back to your home island. You just flip it. Um, and then what makes it even more broken is that you can put um, Don Pedro Gilbert or Captain Blackheart, like a sack crew, on the ship with Captain Jack Sparrow. And then the crew that comes aboard the ship can then be sacked for even more speed and extra action next turn. So then you can repeat the process even more often as the game goes on by sacking the crew that were at your home island, and then they get flipped out to Sparrow. Um, so it's just totally ridiculous. Um, and Wolf said that there was potentially um, zero playtesting <laughs> with this crew, basically, or if any at all, it was very little, because um, they really did not think this through, and uh, they didn't see all the combos here. So if you exploit this guy, um, that's pretty much how to win. Um, best fleets of all time use Captain Jack Sparrow, as the centerpiece, and uh, uh, in uh, Zerix and I proved in Vassal Tournaments 1 and 2, and especially number 2, that uh, most of the best fleets ever use this guy. So if, if you want to just totally trash your opponents, you need you pretty much need this guy to, to win like almost every game. And if they're not ready for it, you could pretty much win all the time. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And he's got a link to all pirate ships. It just adds insult to injury, so it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The high pang with their cargo and with this guy in a helmsman orthman, you can actually load up if you need to. If you run out of crew, that's what happens in the in the UPS leads. You run out of crew to transfer, but then the high pang has enough cargo, especially with the link, uh, to just run all the way home with super speed. So it's just crazy. Mm. Um, um, yeah. Oh, 
because you did most of the explanation on that, I'm going to leap onto Will Turner, the next group, go out of order. Sorry to confuse y'all audience. Uh, this is another version of Will Turner, two of them in this set, maybe more. I'm not keeping track. He is six points, and he's a captain with plus one of boarding rolls. I think this is more important for other factions, so he's not particularly good for the pirates. Yeah, now this one's just boring. I guess the captain nest board is too, but it's slightly more interesting. And we all know, but like plus one of boarding rolls, especially at more than two points. So, oh well. He got a little bit shafted in this set, could argue, but it, well, he got two named captain versions, so not too bad. Just not not very interesting compared to Sparrow or or Barbosa or Davy Jones. So, next one is uh, is mate uh, Elizabeth Swan, a three point pirate crew with just the reroll ability. So. Uh, yeah. Standard, standard crew, and uh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom again, so you can just keep yeah, going. yep. She's boring. She's not worth talking about. Um, up next is Captain Sao Feng, who is who's a normal D6 extra action scene on a five or a six. You can get an extra action. He's five points. That's nothing all that special. He has a link to Empress, not the Tiger. Uh, I think the ship. I'm not sure if it's both or if it's just one, probably both. And Leanne and Park, those two useless crew we talked about earlier, he's probably useful on Empress and maybe not many other places because there are better deals on extra action that you can get. I'm pretty sure that Calico Cat from Ocean's Edge, you could get extra action and Captain for six. So... Sao Fang is not particularly useful. And that version of Calico Cat might link to all pirate ships. I'm not sure. After Sao Feng comes Captain Barbosa, not the cursed version. This is seven points, and this is a simple Captain World Hater. We've already talked about how valuable that is. And he's got links to Black Pearl. I don't remember which version. I'm guessing the pre-damaged version and high peng. Maybe it's canonically all versions of the Black Pearl. I'm not sure. I'll ask Ben when he gets back. He's linked to the high peng, but despite his abilities being in theory useful, it's not the best use of the high peng, as we outlined already. I'm now stalling for time because I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, so I guess I'll talk about the other factions that got similar crew to this in previous sets. The Spanish, and I believe the English, got Captain and World Hater combos in Mysterious Islands with Hermione Gold and Luis Zwan, I want to say. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, I was going to ask you, does this version of Barbosa link to all versions of Black Pearl, or just, say, the pre-damaged version? Yeah, it would do all, it doesn't really specify, so yeah, that would work. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask was Captain Feng. Uh-huh. I was pointing out the existence of Calico Cat Ocean's Edge as kind of just a better option. Yeah. Uh, does she link to all pirate ships, or do I have that wrong? Not that I remember, but I could have it wrong. I'm not good at memorizing <laughs> links, so... Yeah. yeah. I don't think so, but maybe. Um, yeah, Fang is, Fang is still good, especially in bigger games. We've already used Cat. Um, and yeah, Barbosa and Norrington um, just fantastic named crew and some of my classic favorites that I that I fell in love with early on. So and they have good mm -hmm. links too. The all the links are pretty decent if not great. So mm -hmm. and yeah, Captain Tao Feng, he does make the impress the impress 
um, a slightly better option, especially the 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 faster version as like a a hybrid maybe. So. Mm. Um, the next crew up. Would you like to start? Yeah. Is, is it Norrington or no? It is. Cool. Yeah, Admiral James Norrington. Um, pretty famous. Um, I saw him in the in the Kingsman movie, and uh, and I was like immediately, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it just made me think about Pirates of the Caribbean like right away. So, um, this is an English seven point crew, pretty much an English version of Barbosa. So he's got Captain and World Hater for seven. Um, and yeah, like I said, they're both um, fantastic name crew for their respective factions. And uh, Norrington links the Interceptor and the Dauntless, which makes sense. And both of those ships are good ships to use them on, because they could both be very good gunships or even hybrids. Yeah, he's kind of a parallel to the uh, Captain World Hater we were just talking about. Um, those are both really very good ships. Uh, the Interceptor is maybe less useful for him because the Interceptor is kind of best set up to uh, to be like the fastest ship in the game, I think, or uh, the fastest form master in the game. But if you don't feel like using it that way, then he's not a bad place to, to be stationed. Um, now we're getting into unique treasures. And the first of which is Jack's piece of eight. When a face-up crew on the ship would be eliminated, turn it face down instead. So it's the doctor ability on a unique treasure. There were some really unoriginal UTs in this set. Yeah, I think it. I think it's okay because um, some of them are worse because they're just straight up clones of earlier ones. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. This some one... of them are like good clones. Like some of them are good. Some are like really good, and some of them are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one is. I think it's kind of interesting because you can get a decent crew ability totally for free. Um, but that being said, I haven't really used it. And I don't know if I've really even loaded it. I probably have, but it didn't really affect the game. Um, Davy Jones Heart. Uh, no, no enemy ability can affect this ship or her crew. This is a clone of Holy Water from Davy Jones Curse. And uh, like we said then... This one is actually quite complex. Wolf, um, not until, I want to say, last year or the year before did he fully, because uh, nobody had asked, I guess, um, detail what these things really do, because they protect against certain abilities and not others. So it's pretty complicated, and you, you basically need the pirate code handy to use these UTs, this one at Holy Water. So I'm kind of, I kind of shy away from them, because it, it gets kind of confusing in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, this is not one I think I'd use just because I don't see like cancelers used all that often. And even if, even if you know I did, what's the point of a UT like this and not something more or more effective or more damaging? Yeah, just anything more interesting. Yeah. Uh, next UT is Jack's Compass. This is a clone of Homing Beacon from Ocean's Edge, and for those who don't remember, the text of that is load this treasure face down. You can reveal it when you give this ship a move action and can draw a straight line that does not cross a game piece, terrain, or other island from this ship's bow to your home island and dock this ship at your home island. It's a pretty good one for treasure runners, and because it's technically not the same piece as Homing Beacon, you can use both this and Homing Beacon in the same game. Yeah. But still, I'm like, meh. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, it's it's solid, but not amazing. So um, you kind of have to get lucky with what island you find it on, because then you could either have a lot in your way, or you could get a quick trip home, trip home and then save move actions. But 
Um, the next one is another clone. I forgot how many of those there were. Um, Parata Codex is a UT that says, when revealed, remove all face-up unique treasure from the game. If such a unique treasure, change the value of a treasure point. That point gains its printed value. Um, this is a clone of a Karmic Idol from South China Seas, and I'm not a big fan of either of them because I, I basically consider them fun killers. So, you know, UTs spice up the game, and a lot of times face-up UTs can really be interesting. Um, so this, this just knocks them all out. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a no fun allowed thing. It's like something yeah. that you would, you know, the reason why you would use this is if there's somebody, say at your, uh, if you're doing a tournament and you know that you're in like a group of tryhards who love to do like game breaking UTs, yeah. you bring this and Karmic Idol out and you just shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, like oh, great, Mr. Runes of Thor and Nemo's plans is back again. Good thing yeah. I brought my two no-fun-havers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess strategic, like, kind of funny, uh, they're viable in a sort of funny, I don't trust the community of this game way. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, after Pirata Codex, we're getting into this funny little section where there are cards that both have named crew and um, unique treasures on them. So they've got sort of an A and B side, and the unique treasure is on the B side. Um, they're like a standard generic crew card in that you've got your square tile and your nine coins, but on the B side is where the text for the unique treasure is and where the artwork for it is. Uh, on the A side, you look and it's just a normal uh, gold back to a coin. The first of these is Maccus and Elizabeth's piece of eight. I'll talk about Maccus uh, first, who is just a – he's the hammerhead shark kind of cursed crew character, and he's just a plain captain. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, not much to say about him. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth's piece of eight is next, and the ability of this unique treasure is you may give an action to any pirate ship instead of giving this ship an action. So in other words, this is Lord Micron in unique treasure form. Yeah. Yeah. For the pirates. But yeah, it's still quite powerful because you don't have to pay for it. Um, this is an interesting way to kind of mess with somebody who uses the pirates kind of too much. Um, cause they're kind of overpowered and, you know, mm -hmm. dry and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a good little counter to that. Of course, you still have to find it first, because if they find it, they have, like, their own little Micron for their fleet only. So yeah. this one is potentially quite powerful, but the faction limiter is a good one to prevent it from being totally broken. So, And the next uh, the next double double card, I think that was a good way to, to fit more stuff into the set, because I think they did a pretty good job with the UTs, even if it's maybe a bit much. Um, I like when they stuff more things onto the card, because you don't really need all nine points. Um, Jimmy Legs is the next crew, and he's got the stack ability. Uh, once per turn, you can eliminate one of the ship's crew to give her an extra action. He costs three points, which is a little more in line with what stack could have costed compared to two, which is super cheap for how good it is. Um, this is just the pirates having an embarrassing embarrassment of riches, because um, they already had two stack captains, um, amazing ships. Um, Jimmy Legs just makes them even better as a faction, so kind of the rich getting richer mostly and uh mm -hmm. the next uh one is the treasure uh davy jones's key and it says swap davy jones key with one face down treasure on any other wild island 
So this was actually discovered early on in Vassal Campaign Game 4, like last weekend, our first session, and uh, I think uh, it got swapped for the Wolves UT or something. I was, so, was just going to say, yeah, what if nasty. it got swapped for a really bad UT? Yeah, yeah it was pretty nasty. Um, and it's, it's one I haven't used enough. I'd like to use the key more often. It sounds boring, but it could actually flip a game if you, if you get lucky or really unlucky. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is one that, like, I like to think if you wanted to just sabotage the game board with bad UTs, oh, you could use this. But I'm sure there's something more effective than this mm-hmm. if you want to ruin your opponent's game. Yeah. So kind of meh to me. It's like, yeah. why would you use this instead of either something more interesting or a, uh, a normal gold piece? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's kind of just to change it up, kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Around. Mm-hmm. Next up, um, WizKids reverts to making boarding bonuses two points because Palafico is two points and gives a boarding bonus. Not that interesting. No link. So unlike I think it's Bloody Jake or something from Crimson Coast, uh, not that good. Yeah, I feel like he used to be four points in the database, but it's good he's two. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe he is four points on the card. Maybe. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, somebody out there check. Um, and his UT that he's paired with is Pirate Globe, which is identical to Maps of Alexandria from Barbary Coast. And that ability, or it's not an ability, that effect is, when revealed, turn all treasure on all wild islands face up for the remainder of the game, then remove Pirate Globe from the game. This one is a game changer. Like, every time I've seen that, every time I've seen it come up, it just throws a monkey wrench into things. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Um, yeah. It showed up. It's in a few of the fleets from Vassal Tournament Number Two, the competitive forty-point fleets. And uh, when it showed up, you were basically you can use this to pretty much keep track of the score. So you can do really intense um, strategizing over you know the financials <laughs> of the game, um, calculating what your opponent has, what you have, what's in the forts, and stuff like that. So I use this uh, to my advantage in some of those games. But it's definitely an interesting one. You could make a decent case that it's a fun killer as well because it eliminates all the, the mystery and, uh, and the intrigue around exploring, but oh well. And I will say, mm-hmm. uh, if I was trekking around the globe, I would want to not forget my bootstraps at home. Um, bootstrap mm-hmm. Bill Turner is the next crew, and he's a pirate two-point crew because he's just a helmsman. So uh, disappointing, but he didn't really have big parts in the movies, so I'm, I'm not really sure what they could have done with him, but oh well. I mean, he's a major character, but not really one who had a clear role on the Dutchman, yeah. so I guess there's yeah, only exactly. so much he could do. Yeah. Um, his UT, though... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this one a clone of another UT? Not quite. Pension is worse, because it's only on the ship, not any in your fleet, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dead Man's Chest says, uh, when Dead Man's Chest is unloaded at your home island, you can eliminate any number of crew in your fleet. Each is worth one gold. So this one is pretty powerful, potentially. Um, And if you're wondering if it can be broken, Lord Stew made a fleet a while back. It was part of like a UT challenge or something like that. And uh, you can break it if you have at least 16, like, oarsmen um, or crew, like 16 oarsmen in a 40-point game. Uh, under the standard rules, you can technically flip this and, or, or unload it, I should say, and then eliminate all 16 crew, and then it gives you like an instant win. 
but you have to get lucky enough to find it first and uh, not get intercepted on the way back um, by HMS Interceptor, um, the fastest foremaster in the game. And uh, and this one is kept face up, so you can't hide it. So it's it usually doesn't work too well, but if you can pull it off, it's like a it's kind of a, a way to win in a really fast, bizarre, and like shocking fashion. So you can be like, oh, the game's over, and everyone's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, something I'm wondering about this is I've heard some... Uh, some kind of <sighs> I know this came up because it had something to do with uh, with Sack and Dr. Crew and the ship's crew cannot be eliminated kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, well, if you put a Dr. Crew on the ship that was carrying a trillion oarsmen could you in theory eliminate the oarsmen by turning them face down and increasing the amount of gold you have. I don't think so. Cause I think it would have to stay eliminated in order to, to get the gold. Oh, I'm yeah. looking at the pirate code and it says that, okay. Yeah. Page 52, a crew must be eliminated and must remain eliminated for the remainder of the game in order to gain gold. That's what it says for this. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I figured that Wolf wouldn't allow something that simply, uh, you know, that simple to break the game. Yeah, because, I mean, it does need, it's an ability that's so powerful that it does need to be governed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Governor Weatherby Swan <laughs> is the next one. He is two points. He is, when touching a pirate ship, the ship can load as much of that ship's treasure she can carry. This is terrible. Yeah, should be this one point. This is a point. really terrible ability, but he yeah. was also kind of a useless character, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, the ability the, makes no sense, too, for him as a character. He didn't. Yeah, know, it's more like, oh, uh, when this ship is touching a pirate ship, you may beat your own. <laughs> You you may grab something heavy and beat the severed hand that's crawling around the cabin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then celebrate like you've been a a bad mother. Yeah, I think it'd uh, be better as like a zero lar plus five, but the English already have one of those. So. Yeah, and that would have kind of broken the uh, yeah the set even further. <laughs> um, the uh, funny enough, the UT he comes with is Marines, and that is eliminate one crew master from the ship, then remove Marines from the game. So it's kind of a small negative thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much? Yeah, it's basic, but you know, classic uh, negative unique treasure. So, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. simple. Um, the next one is Mercer. This is a very good English crew. Just like Jimmy Legs, this is a three-point sack crew. So Mercer, unlike the pirates, the English didn't really have a source of sack um, before this. So this is actually a, one of the most underrated and important English name crew in the whole game. So Mercer is a great choice for the Endeavor um, or other English, like, super gunships, put them on um, a gunship with, you know, at least two or three oarsmen, and uh, can really be effective. I will say he was, like, one of my least favorite characters in movies. I just, I don't know. He, he's I, supposed I, to be, though. Um, oh, yeah. I would say yeah. he looks like an evil Mr. Bean. Okay, yeah. You know, evil Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Kind of a similar face, but much angrier. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, after him is what, UT? Uh, Curse of the Black Spot, which says, at once at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a result of six, eliminate the crew on this ship with the highest point cost. So this could be pretty nasty, but as long as you don't roll a six, it'll be irrelevant. So it's a negative, but I don't know. A lot of times it'll be discovered by a gold runner that won't be very hampered by losing crew. So it's usually not going to be a big deal. 
So. Yeah. I think they just kind of didn't understand the strategy that would be relevant behind it. Yeah. Um, next is Mulroy, one of those uh, one of those Marines that appeared throughout the films. Uh, he's just a re-roller for the English. Not much. So I've got to load up the next page. The uh, UT that came on the back of his card is called Gun. <laughs> And the effect is this ship gets plus one to her boarding rolls for every crew assigned to her. That's pretty neat, but at the same time, I don't think that you're ever going to use that. Yeah, I would use it um, and then try to transfer it to a gunship in a game that was long enough to do that with. Um, It's more interesting as a custom ability on crew, which myself and Xerox have done um, a handful of times. I think it would be better off called guns, because I don't think one flintlock would be enough to really get that much of a putting bonus but and, and plus, I don't know man yeah it'd be plus one for every crew so then each crew should get a gun so it should be guns not one but no they, anyway. they share it uh yeah but you can't reload it fast enough for that to work well so. you speak for yourself man uh, <laughs> uh the next one is mulroy's counterpart murtog um who is just a musketeer looks like so Nothing interesting there. At least, well, he's got a musket in the picture, so I guess that works Ooh. pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then his the UT on the back of his card is called Sword, similar to Gun. But this one is just a flat. Uh, the ship is plus one to rewarding rolls, so not as good as Gun, um, just like Swords. <laughs> so pretty basic. As basic as it gets, really. Yeah. It's, I mean... It might be more valuable because you're less likely to have crew on a ship that's discovering it. But at the same time, it's like a, uh, it's just kind of, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a useless UT more or less. Yeah. As defense, um, if you get raided, you could help, uh, repel a boarding party from an enemy raider, but. Or you could use Jack's uh, compass, which is better for defense than sword is. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. After sword is Joshimi Gibbs, known just as Mr. Gibbs. He's a two-point reducer. Uh, we've already talked about those. They should be a little bit cheaper. So on the flip side, his UT is Aztec Medallion. Roll a d6. On a result of one, all gold on this island is removed from the game. Then remove Aztec Medallion from the game. Uh, If you're trying to make somebody else's game miserable, you'd want to choose something a little more guaranteed and a little more effective than this. Yeah. Yeah, this one... Would this affect the win score? What was that? Would this affect the win score? Yeah. Yeah, you remove it totally, so it would change how much total is out there, yep. Yeah, huh. yeah have to recalculate. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That could lead to some questions. Definitely. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a good rules question. I'll have to try to remember that to ask Wolf in the thread. Um, Combine that with, rule, with uh, runes of Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aztec Medallion is something I've discovered a few times now, usually in really annoying spots. Um, so, And I, I actually, I vaguely remember calling my shot on this one because I was... I think it was the Spanish in Vassal Campaign Game 1 after like a treasure replenishment when uh, the island filled up with gold again. I, I knew I was going to get this and then I did. I was like, okay. Or I knew I was going to get a 1. I was all this. So, anyway, uh, the next one is Anna Maria. And this is a pirate crew for 3 points. Prove any nationality can use their abilities on this ship. So, this one is a decent ability, but it doesn't, um, 
it doesn't really work that well for the Pirates because uh, they already have the best crew in the game. So. Yeah, I think it's good, but just not as valuable in this faction. Yeah. Um, something I would like to say is that this, her art is definitely not from any of the films. It's It looks like a behind-the-scenes uh, shot of the set. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Because the lighting is so weird. Like, yeah. she's really blown out, but the shadows are really strong. It's like somebody took a flash photo. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah, interesting. That's a good point. It's really strange. Yeah, it's, it's like, like unique, unique artwork, like specific to pirates or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but as if, for her UT? Yeah. If I was Anna Maria, I would want a spyglass so I could find cargo and gold. Um, oh, a better picture once, of her. Yeah. <laughs> once per turn, the ship can look at one face down cargo on any ship. So, spyglass is um, very similar to. Uh, uh, marksman's map and shipping charts from Spanish Main, same ability as uh, some ship abilities as well. So decent, but usually not going to uh, affect the game very much. Yeah, it's pretty mad to me. Yeah. Um, after that is Cotton, who is just padding to uh, to the game. He's just a helmsman. There's nothing much to say. His uh, UT is is kind of funny because. It's called Letter of Mark, and I'm pretty sure there are at least two other sets which have UTs that are Letters of Mark. Um, and this, the effect of this one is, this ship can dock at an enemy home island and be given repair actions only while there. Yeah. Which, mm, it says nothing about stopping you from being shot. Oh, yeah. Does that work, though? The, the original Crimson Coast version, um, I think you can be shot at with an S of the home island, I think, or Fort. Um, huh. Yeah. So this one's a little bit nerfed, but it's still an okay UT. So. Yeah, this is still a really interesting and strange one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun to try to think about combos with Home Island Raiders, but anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Next one is Marty. Um, this is a two point pirate crew, and he's a cannoneer, which isn't too interesting, but it does make sense because uh, he always handles the guns in the, in the movies, usually. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, one little fun fact is that Marty liked one of my Instagram pictures. I have an uh, Instagram account uh, for Pirates CSG, and he liked, uh, uh, I think it was because I had like a Pirates of the Caribbean type hashtag, and he liked one of my photos a while back. So, really? So I, yeah, so at least one cast That's member. That's pretty cool. Yeah, at least one cast member from the franchise is vaguely aware of Pirates CSG, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then on the back of his card is Rum. Um, and it's the same as the Spanish main version. Uh, the ship can be given an action in the turn after loading rum. Rum is worth gold equal to six minus the number of the ship's crew when rum is loaded. So it's decent. Best on like an enemy gold runner, but this one it, this one is not very good because you lose a whole turn with that ship, which is which is really bad. I've seen this as more of a negative than a positive. So this one is kind of ugly, actually. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure this, this is like really similar to, uh, was there like another, another yes. UT just like this? Was it like Grog or something? I think, Sp- no, the Spanish main version of Rum is exactly the same, so it's a clone. Yeah, um, there's something crossed my mind. What if Marty is listening to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> he, his name's probably not Marty. Um, the actor Mark, who played well, Marty. Well, yeah, Martin Kleba. So I think Marty oh. is based on his real name, yeah. Oh, well, well, Martin, if you're listening, uh, sign up for an account of miniature trading and tell us. He's probably got a with his, with his podcast. Yeah, actually, oh, I should do that before we run out of set reviews. 
I don't have any rum money at the moment. Ooh, maybe I don't even like rum that much. Uh, I like the hard cider. Oh, I'll just buy rum. I'll, I'll be a trooper. Maybe. Um, next up is Norrington, the disgraced version from the second film. Um, this is just a musketeer again. Not interesting. Uh, he's paired with potions and brews. You can load this treasure face down, reveal it to force an opponent to re-roll a die roll, then remove potions and brews from the game. Interesting wording. Re-roll a die or dice roll. So, in theory, you could make somebody re-roll, you know, their Diamond Nelson Turner um, 2d6 types of things, but uh-huh. oh, there's so few uh, incidences of making multiple die rolls at once. Yeah, yeah, hardly at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one I think this is one of the more underrated ones. I think I wrote a review of it. Um, so I think this is this is another thing that got lost in the shuffle with this set. I think it's one of the more interesting ETs in terms of like moments. Like you could cancel a David Jones six roll or something like that and uh, really change things up. So I think this one is. One of the most underrated UTs game, really. So check them out. It's not as crazy as Runes of Loki. Yeah, no, that one's more dramatic. Yeah. That's yeah, actually. Crazy. Yeah, this plus Runes of Loki, um, you could uh, utilize to just mess with opponents. Yeah. Assuming absolutely. you find them. Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, Nemo But anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a good review of it if anybody wants to check it out. And uh, the next one is I'm on the Corsair. Uh, two-point pirate crew, when this ship hits another ship, you choose which mass is eliminated. Uh, this could have been one point, but um, it's it's an okay ability. It only affects certain ships, but if you've got an enemy ship with a two-out cannon at the bow, you could take that out first, which could make a, a little difference in the battle, actually. So I think this one is a tiny bit underrated. It's just that nobody ever thinks about it or talks about it. So Yeah. Um, something funny I'd like to say about the artwork. Uh-huh. Um it's really inconsistent how they deal with artwork for characters uh, for a named crew in this set. Yeah, yeah. Because this like one, like, this one I don't even think is a photo because his neck is so small. <laughs> his neck is absolutely so thin compared to the width of his head. It's like half as wide at no, most. I can, no, I can see. It's just that it's like his head is forward, I think. that's. I, I mean, I can see the size. Maybe, but like, yeah. but to me, this looks like um, it, it looks like a good concept drawing of the character huh. or rendering more than it does a photo of a person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This it's kind of weird. It's like a mugshot or something. There's no back. Yeah. So he was arrested for piracy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and then he downloaded the, he downloaded the Incredibles <laughs> off of the pirate bay. Oh yeah, nice. Oh god. Um, the next one would be more fitting if it was on Cotton's card, because this is Cotton's parrot. A yeah. treasure, not a crew, and it says, uh, once per turn, the ship can randomly take one treasure from any ship she touches. That's kind of nice, because then that's usually two or three points, so you can get it for free on the UT. Not a big deal, but kind of turn a treasure runner into a little bit more of a threat with it. So i got to use this yeah. one more often. It's not particularly good, um, although another interesting artwork thing I'd like to point out is because of the way this bird's feathers are ruffled, he looks like he's absolutely ripped. He's got mad abs. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like seriously, if I look like that, um, I don't know, I guess people would be calling me Cotton's Parrot. Yeah. But 
But seriously, if I look the way Cotton's Parrot did, I could probably uh, do crunches with a car on my shoulders or something. Who knows? <laughs> um, after Cotton's Parrot is Capitaine Cheval, who is actually a very interesting crew, um, and a repeat of that strange situation with uh, card art, that mugshot sort of thing. He's also very brightly lit. I mean, he's wearing yeah. white face makeup, yeah. but but like he looks absolutely ghostly in this. Um, he's four points, and when the ship hits an enemy ship, you can also eliminate one cargo from that ship. Note that it doesn't say once per turn. This is every hit. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. ability exists on only one other crew, Qian Ng from uh, South China Seas, who has some interesting trivia about him, but go listen to that episode for that. And uh, this ability is also found on, I think, Asesino de la Nave and Angelica the Sea Dragon, and not many places else. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. It was on the Satisfaction, but that's a terrible ship. In this case, yeah. you really benefit it from being on a crew, because, yeah. first of all, the pirates have a ton of great ships to put them on, and you can put them on any. So the Zeus is really scary with this guy in a world hater. Super scary. Um, the Rhinoidia is a great place to put them. Yeah, what was it? Sorry. Uh, Rananoidia, the uh, yeah, pirate yeah, titan that does two masts per yeah. hit. Yeah, that'd be like crazy overkill. Nice. Um, and yeah, they have a lot of good ships in general to come on. So Chival is supremely useful. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard the same about the UT Jailhouse Dog. Um, you can load this treasure face down, reveal Jailhouse Dog to remove any treasure from the game, then remove Jailhouse Dog from the game. Um, at the same time, okay, I, I see the value in this now because if you have um, Karmic Idol or whatever that was, Pirata Codex, those are activated the instant you find them. Whereas this one, you can hold until your opponent finds something game-breaking or something and then flip it and then prevent it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can flip it whenever you want. So it's pretty powerful. Um, yeah, this one is actually really <laughs> fantastic at preventing some enemy UTs. Um, and this one is also a fun killer, though, because it's kind of like, oh, man. But um, it's definitely interesting. I'm glad they they managed to get the doggy into the game. Um, I don't know if this is the right way to do it, because um, it's pretty, it's quite powerful. But, um, but yeah, this one is quite good. And uh, pretty Why didn't they name the dog? Yeah, I don't know. For, for the game, at least. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, it's like curse. It's at least better than Curse Crew One. Yeah. Like that. Hello, puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say, but huh, trying to remember. Um, the next one is Gentleman Jocard. We've talked about in other other episodes. Uh, the ship gets plus one to cargo spaces, and this crew takes up no cargo space. Pirate crew for three points. And uh, this one is quite good on on hybrids and uh, gold runners. I think it could have been two points. I don't, I'm not as enthused with this ability as a lot of other people, but it's still pretty good. I think he's really good. I think I still overrate him. Um, it's great to be able to raise cargo on a ship, even if it does cost you three points. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's both good and overrated. Mm-hmm. He has his uses where he's really great, but at a, in a lot of situations, he's not really that valuable. Yeah, I don't think he's like mm. necessary. I guess as a lot of people, other people think. Yeah, um, as a counterpart to the jailhouse dog, which we last talked about, what of jail? 
Jail yeah. is uh, UT for Jokard. Put this ship's crew in your home island, then remove Jail from the game. Yeah, I've seen this one a couple times. It's kind of it's kind of interesting because it doesn't eliminate like Marines or missionaries, so it's a little bit more unique in that regard. Um, so I like I like this one as a negative because it's not too powerful, but it provides a big effect, especially if a hybrid finds it. That really cripples that ship a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of meh for me. Yeah. Um, next crew is another one of those mugshot-like things. Yeah. He looks... He doesn't look like the actor. The lighting is really strange. Huh. Um, but it's Sri Sumbaji, yeah. I think. Uh, four points. Once per turn, if oh. the ship carries treasures, and then... Uh, uh, what? Wait. So this is treasure trading, but for Terrible. four points? Yeah, it's wow. awful. I mean, I guess this is within S instead of is touching, but uh, or whatever. This is still four points on for an ability that's not even worth one. I think. Yeah, Terrible. yeah. I put it at one on a custom crew today, just because my historical custom of the day, just because I didn't can't give it to, for free. So yeah, this is only worth about one point. So four yeah. is kind of an insult. Really, it's too bad. His UT is cannibals, eliminate the crew on the ship with the lowest point cost, then remove cannibals from the game. Meh. I mean, wouldn't you want to do the highest point cost? Wasn't that a different UT in here? Yeah, Curse of the Black Spot, which is on a six, but still. Yeah, but that's still more damaging, and that can do damage to more than one crew. I yeah, wouldn't exactly. do cannibals. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, Missionary totally destroys cannibals, so. And even Marines, too, so. Yeah. Oh, well. I, that's kind of funny, because that's a good description of history as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is Mistress Ching, and she's also overpriced. She's got another mugshot. She looks kind of kind of freaky. <laughs> kind of spaced out, actually. That's they gave her the white makeup, too, but not, like, not on her neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a scary, man. I didn't realize how scary this portrait was. Um, Spooky, uh, scary yeah, Mistress really. Ching is staring into your soul. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this ship uh, can unload cargo at your home island if she's within S of it for oh, four. Yeah. I don't think that's worth more than two or three, so I think this is a bad decision here. Uh, at the same time, this is a unique ability, and this is pretty important to the, to, uh, to the mercenaries. Okay. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, it's the slipstream. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So the reason why Mistress Ching is important to the mercenaries is, for those unfamiliar, you probably should be. If you're not, go listen to the Mysterious Islands podcast. I'm plugging another episode again. Um, mercenaries can't dock at their home island, so normally they can't run gold. Um, there's a rare submarine called the Slipstream that accepts crew of any nationality. You can put Mistress Ching on the Slipstream, and that'll give you a workaround that allows you to unload gold at your home island as mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, great point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get back into the pun game here. Um, the mercenaries struggle to get any plunder, which is the next unique treasure. <laughs> and it says the ship can't be given an action the turn after loading plunder. After loading plunder, roll a d6. Plunder is worth gold equal to the result. So similar to rum, uh, just. I don't know. The the lack of action after you find it is really debilitating. So I often see this as more of a, a negative than a positive. And there's no guarantee you're going to roll a high. So this could be awful. You could lose a turn with the ship and then roll like a one or a two and just 
This is pretty negative overall. Or you roll a five or a six, and your opponent has Bruise and Potions or Loki's Revenge. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Or, wait, no, it's not Loki's Revenge. It's Runes of Loki. Loki yeah, yeah. Or Loki's both. Revenge is a... Sh- well, yeah. Yeah, it, that'd be pretty they bad. Have the ship, and too. then they activate Sack and sink your ship. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Plunder. Meh. They shouldn't make you wait a turn, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, wait, did I... Wait, was it you that started Mistress Ching or me? Yeah, no, I did it. Yeah. Okay, next is Captain Villanueva, who looks really like he's in a mugshot. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't include a side profile as well. Um, Captain Villanueva can dock the enemy home island. Uh, load next, uh, load one. Okay, he's a home island raider for four points. Yeah. Not a great deal. No. Um, I'd rather take Devereaux and get like a couple neat side abilities with it. Yeah, um, I'd rather use, you, use a, I don't know, like a ship with home island rating built in, and then you don't have to expend a cargo space on him. So, true. And four true. points is a, a bit much on a crew. Maybe Absolutely. Yeah. Um, his corresponding UT is smuggled goods. When the ship unloads gold at your home island, double the gold value of the treasure with the lowest gold value on the ship, then remove smuggled goods from the game. Is this kind of like Jade, but not reusable? Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't reuse it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's so it's a worse version of Jade. Yeah, it's the same as Spices. It's another clone, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of clones, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah smuggled they're, they're... goods. Smuggled goods is a classic I've seen in a lot of fleets. I've used it a bunch on my own. It's still pretty good, definitely, so... Yep. Um, and now we're into the super rares. Yeah, yeah. So Black Pearl. This is the third version of the Black Pearl super rare number 087. Uh, four masted ship, 16 points, only two cargo. SS move. All four cannons are 3L, and it's got fear. And if this ship has a captain crew, she gets plus one to her cannon rolls. So this is um, totally overshadowed by the other two Black Pearls. But if you don't have either of those somehow... And you've got this one. This is actually not too bad of a pirate gunship. I would do pirate, uh, or sorry, I would do Captain Helmsman and uh, just let it rip. So, got two L guns, solid speed. If she had four cargo, five, she might be on par with the other Black Pearls, especially with five, but as is, uh, the cargo really holds her back. And this is a, a translucent or transparent ship, which I wish I had. Yeah, yeah I do have this one. Um, you're right. Uh, she's translucent, so of course she cannot cast a shadow on the other ships because she can't cast a shadow. Um, <clears throat> it is still a good gunship, but at this price and at this size, I'd rather go for HMS Gallows yeah. or one of the other Black Pearls. Yep. Um, Black Pearl's counterpart in the Super Rare Pack is Fantasia, a one-masted sloop. Now, this is a funny one because Fantasia is possibly one of the best cheerleader ships. Yeah. Um, Fantasia is actually a very pretty ship, but we don't need to talk too much about that. Um, it's 11 points, two cargo, L move, two S gun, and then cheerleader, you know, friendly ships with an S get plus one to cannon rolls. It's 11 points and it's got a decent gun. So you could make this, uh, you can actually almost use it because it's the most cost effective among them. Yeah. Yeah. This one's more viable than almost all the others, so, yeah, not too bad, um, and I did see a thread one time about, um, how it's kind of a unique game piece, because it, it could be a weird gateway for Disney fans, or Mickey fans, to discover Pirate CSG, um, because the artwork is based on the, the Fantasia and whatnot, so, and, 
and it's kind of, I know it's a lot of people don't like Disney, but I was there um, a few times as a kid and actually saw the whole show around it. So another reason I want this ship. But anyway, so next one is Cursed Captain Jack. So this is the third and final version of Jack Sparrow. He's seven points, pirate crew. He's got Harley, and once at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a result of six, no abilities except Harley are used until the beginning of your next turn. So this is a huge, like, global cancellation effect, which is dramatically powerful when you get it. And uh, it's really annoying to get games, like a campaign game, The Cursed, like, made, they were, like, obsessed with killing him, basically, in CG1, um, which they finally did after a while. And uh, this is just, it's kind of a fun killer, but also, like, a really dramatically effective um, ability. It's, it's really crazy, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one that I probably will never use because it it's his value scales exponentially in larger games, but yep. in the games that I tend to play, not so much. Yeah, um, the UT in the super rare pack is a really interesting one. Uh, this is the Crake and Gong or Crack and Gong, Crock and Gong. At the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a result of one, eliminate a Kraken. On two to five, ignore any damage dealt by a Kraken to a friendly ship this turn. On a six, choose any Kraken and place it within S of an enemy ship. So, you're more familiar with this UT's use than I am. Yeah, this one is pretty uh, devastating. I still haven't used it in a game, but I did base a uh, gimmick fleet around using it. Um, so the, basically the goal was to use, um, people like Devereaux and others to spy for the UT and then to get it. And then you'd use like runes of Thor with Nemo's plans to bring in a Kraken like, every single turn, um, which is really crazy and game breaking. But so basically it's amazing when used with other UTs, but other than that, um, it's a big risk, but just a crazy powerful one. So it's yeah. kind of hard to take it seriously because it can break the game so easily and so quickly. So. I'm pretty sure that it doesn't – that miniature trading description might be inaccurate um, because I'm pretty sure this does actually allow you to bring them in from outside the game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It it makes no mention of it in the entry on the database here, but Mm -hmm. yes, you can actually add units to the game at no point cost, at no gold cost. It's – it's – yeah, it's kind of broken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my gimmick fleet says like you can bring around 100 extra points of stuff into the game with the right combo so yeah yeah i saw that and that was one of the most creative fleets i've ever seen and definitely a devastating one if you can if you can get it right yeah thanks Um, the next one is the first special edition box ship hms diamond is an english four master 11 points uh three cargo ss move all four cannons are 3s and the ship gets plus one to rakina rules against pirate ships not much to say, just a basic format of gunship. So. Yeah, she's not fit. She does not deserve her name. She's not a diamond. Um, <laughs> she's really pretty mediocre in the context yeah. of English ships. Yeah. I would. Things I would rather do than use HMS Diamond include a road trip to one of the hottest cities in the country, Phoenix. <laughs> Which happens to be the name of the next ship, HMS Phoenix. Uh, 10.4 Master, 4 Cargo Space, L-Move, all 3L guns. And this has that uh, range doubling ability, roll 6 to hit, 
the gimmick that we all love so much. Considering the decent guns, passable move, low cost, good cargo space, and a fun ability, yes, please. I yeah. wish I had one of these, but yeah, SE ships are pretty hard to come across these days from this set. Yeah, especially this set. Yeah, yeah, I like HMS Phoenix a lot. He's a really cool and fun ship, and uh, a very good gunship option overall for the point cost. And she looks pretty too, even better than I than I remember. So, um, but if you're going to Phoenix, I'm going to Neptune. Cause that's uh, the next ship actually. It's nice. A pirate, it's a pirate four master, eleven points, three cargo, SS move, cannons are three S, three L, three L, three S, and the ship gets plus one to her cannon rolls again. English ships. So. I'm kind of the opposite so it's a slightly better version of yeah. the diamond. Yeah. yeah, but still not good. Yeah, yeah, still terrible, but better than diamond. <laughs> Which is actually kind of a funny sentence in and of itself. <laughs> um, after Neptune comes Sea Nymph, which is another not-so-great ship. 13 points, 4 masts, L move, 4S guns on the end. Wait, no, it goes 4S, 3L, 3S, 4S, which is kind of funny. And then it's just got home island rating. It's not really well equipped for that. It's not a good ship. Yeah, and, uh, and the original Steam Nymph had SL speed from Spanish Main, so this one is a much worse version. And that one was only 11 points, I think, so way better. Yep. Um, so they really nixed it. Um, the Krakens are next, so I'll go over the keyword, um, at least in some detail, as fast as I can. My mouse cooperates here. Um, so the Krakens were a new ship type, um, sea creature type introduced. Um, so Kraken, Kraken and Octopus do the same thing. Um, so they're sea creatures. At any time your, during your turn, if your Kraken is within SMN ships, it may surround that ship as a free action. Place the Kraken under the ship so the tentacles surround the ship. If there is more than one opposing ship within S, the Kraken can only surround it at a time, and it cannot surround a docked ship or another Kraken. A uh, surrounded ship cannot be given a move action until the Kraken is eliminated or moves away. The Kraken cannot shoot or be shot at unless it surrounds a ship. So it basically is in, immune until it surrounds something. And then once it surrounds it, uh, another ship, you can only surround, shoot at the surrounded ship, and the surrounded ship can only shoot at the Kraken. And you can't shoot on the same turn that it surrounds the ship. So the ship will get the first uh, shot, basically. Um... And then with the targeting thing we talked about earlier, if you have Captain Davy Jones in your fleet, you may use the ship's action for the turn to declare an opponent's ship the target of a Kraken. That Kraken gains plus S to its base move, but it can only shoot at the targeted ship. Uh, it can still surround others. Chosen ship remains the target until a new target is declared. The targeted ship sings the Kraken is eliminated. So, so that gives them a speed boost if you have Captain Davy Jones. Overall, the Krakens are, as you'll see, uh, overpriced and slow. But you can chain them, which is incredible. So that's the best way to make them move faster is uh, you can you can surround and unsurround um, at will. So you can chain enemy ships together as long as they're with an S. So that's mm -hmm. like one of the best ways to make a Kraken uh, speedier. Uh, the first one is a fearsome creature. They basically used quotes from the movie to like as a cop out to try to like introduce more Krakens, or else they would only have one, of course. So a yep. fearsome creature is a, um, trying, I don't know if it was Gibbs that said that, but this is a pirate, uh, they're all pirate actually, pirate kraken, 19 points, no cargo, L move, um, the cannons are 4S, 3S, 3S, 2S, 2S, 3S, 3S, 4S, but it's pretty random because they just go around in an order, there's two sides with four apiece, and uh, the cannons are kind of out of order based on the placement I've noticed, but this one is really basic and just kind of 
it's the cheapest one, but you're usually better off paying a little bit more to get the better ones. So. Yeah, you really are. Uh, yeah. And that much will be obvious to the audience once we read off the better ones. Um, something I'd like to add to the whole uh, Krakens in general thing is that they are actually kind of hard to surround a ship with. The base is big, oh, yeah. but they uh, they do kind of arc over and it's hard to actually get the ship in. Sometimes you have to settle for sort of wedging it into uh, yeah. into uh, the corner of the opening. Yeah. Um, there are some, some don't even work. Like a ten master can't. It can't yeah, can't you it, can't. So. You just kind of yeah. you just kind of pretend. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're they're also sort of a pain to assemble and store. Yeah, they come apart easily. They do, and when they don't, they take up a lot of space. So, yeah. Um, After a fearsome creature comes Beastie, um, which we all know is from Hello Beastie. Three points more. This one's 22 points. It's been changed. All of its uh, tentacles are 3L, but it has the eternal keyword, which is pretty important for something that cannot uh, repair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're all 3S. Or else it'd be even better, but um, yeah, but yeah, with Eternal, this one comes pretty good, um, and the ability to come back over and over again is pretty scary. And uh, I actually was able to use that Eternal with Beastie in a really kind of famous and uh, really fantastic uh, 100 point game, but I'll talk about that more on the forum, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Kraken is next from uh, Pintel and Rugetti argument. Um, Pintel is like, always heard it said Kraken. So this one is a pirate as well. Uh, 21 points, zero cargo, I'll move as usual. Uh, the cannons are, there's four 2S's, two 3S's, and two 4S's. And then it's got Kraken and a crazy ability that says, at the beginning of each turn, roll a D6. Uh, the result of five or six no crew abilities can be used. <laughs> so this is kind of a, a twist on first Captain Jack's ability, so it works on a five or six, but it's only crew abilities, not all. So it's still extremely powerful, and is it can really slow everything down because all the helmsmen get shut down. So all of a sudden, ships go way slower for a whole round of turns. So this one is quite powerful, and you could make a case that it's the best one, but uh, the next one is so really good. Yeah. Feature, so. And also, I've just realized, if you knew you are going to be playing a really big game, what you could do is put this in your fleet and choose almost entirely ships that don't need crew. That's exactly what Wolf did. Yeah. He has yeah. like a super, um, super voted on. It was fleet of the week back a long time ago. I think he created it in like 2010. Check out uh, denial of service attack by Wolf <laughs> for anybody looking at it. Um, I'll try to put a link in the, on the podcast uh, page as well. Cause it's a really amazing fleet that, uh, everybody should check out yeah that's i mean you could use the uss stevens and you could use fast basic treasure runners and and a lot of the time your opponent would be just totally disarmed yeah but i guess it's not my idea so let's or at least not my original idea Mm -hmm. uh so let's go on to the kraken the kraken um, and this is another one that has Eternal, only this one has the same ability as the last, um, as Cray Kin. So I would argue because, oh, and uh, technically the cannons, if you will, six of them, I think, 
five. Five or okay, five yeah, of five. them are 2S, and then three of them are 3S. So that's more or less the best armament. It's got Eternal, so it, it can endure, and it's got the uh, crew disabling ability. So I would... Uh, okay, personally, because Eternal is so valuable on sea creatures, mm-hmm. I would say use this if you want this ability. Use, uh, I think it was Beastie, if you don't want the uh, crew disable ability. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Kraken is one of the feature pieces of this set, and a really an imposing foe uh, to go up against in a, in a bigger game where it can really shine. So, And uh, the last one is... Uh, remake of the first one. So we started with the Flying Dutchman, and we end with the Flying Dutchman. Um, this version yeah. is a lot different, uh, and uh, it's a Pirate 5 Master, the same. It's a promo, number 300, 11 points, 5 masks, uh, L move, all the cannons are 3S, and the ability says, this is, think this is cool? Try playing the full of these parts of the Caribbean pocket model game. And, yeah. and if you follow the uh, website, um, you either get disappointed because it doesn't work, and uh, or you just get redirected to the wizard's homepage. So, oh, yeah. wah, wah, wah. So yeah. this one though is nine points cheaper than the original, so it's a lot more flexible. Um, no ability, but that's good as a hybrid because for sixteen points you get a solid hybrid with Captain Helmsman, and you're not limited into that. You're not like forced into that like super gunship mode of the other one. So you can make the, a case that this one is a decently better ship, actually. Yeah, um, a couple other interesting things about this. I think at 11 points, it's, the, I want to say, the second cheapest five master ever released. That sounds good. And as, so it should be pretty obvious to anybody who looks at this that this is a decently potent ship. Unfortunately, it's also incredibly common. They printed these by the tens or hundreds of thousands, may known. I doubt into the millions, but I bet they printed hundreds of thousands of these and yeah. distributed them at conventions to try to get people hooked. Um, as a result, you can find these so easily online. Yeah. On eBay, these are like five dollars is too much for one of these. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good ships and they're easily available. So. Um, that's a good so starter guess, ship, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one to get. And it's thematic. Yeah. yeah, it's cheap, thematic. It's a promo. Um, it, a lot of people love the Flying Dutchman, of course. Super famous. So, yeah, it's a great, great idea, I guess. Good yeah. Uh, actually, to build off previous uh, recommendations, I would say new players, if any are listening to this, um, for under 15 bucks, you can get this Obego and the uh, 2007 convention pack. Yep. You can get those for less than 15 bucks, possibly shipped, um, and they'll add some interesting spice to your uh, to your small collection because they'll all have good artwork, um, and they'll all be reasonably fun to use. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, change up the games and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we We're covered it. I yeah, I don't have anything else to say. So. Yeah, it's actually a pretty short set because if yeah. you follow the numbers, there are, let's see, 94 plus 4. There are only 99 pieces in this set. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. The biggest set was like Ocean's Edge, them. the last one. Yeah, it gets longer because there's so many crew UT combos and they're numbered the same. So yeah, practically true. there's more. Yeah, that's where it gets, it gets bogged down in the double card stuff. Um, yeah, but, yeah, a lot smaller than OE, regardless. So, 
All right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm good if you are. So, that I am. I, I like the set as a whole, but I, like I said, I keep my mashed potatoes and my peas separate on my plate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still love the idea of it. Um, and Except I'm really for HMS Hyena, which I'll use. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm really glad they did this set. And I think it's great. I, it probably got a lot of people into the game, too, and a lot of kids into it. So, I think that's valuable. So, good idea on Whiskey's part. The execution was. A bit sloppy, uh, with no curse. Uh, and some use, questionable but... abilities. Yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, kind of unbalanced with OP and not so great. But, oh well. So, overall, a solid set, though. So, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon with more.